Hello, I'm Peter Molyneux, world-class game designer and professional promise keeper, and welcome to the 14th episode of SocksMakePeopleSexy.net presents The Soxcast, episode 14. I'm your host, Peter Molyneux, world-class game designer and owner of a gigantic, brilliant brain, and to my immediate virtual right is a game designer not named Peter Molyneux, not Peter Molyneux. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. I understand that you are a game designer. Uh, sort of, yes. Have any of your games achieved a significant level of success? Uh, Press Space to Win had a couple million views. I think that's pretty good. Those are rather small numbers, yes. Um, (laughs) Did you know that I'm willing to be very generous and share some of my brilliant idea-making capacity with you. That would be great. Would it now? Yes. See, all you have to do is sniff my balls. <laughs> That's all you've got to do. It's not even sexual. There's nothing sexual about it at all. You've just got to just kind of run your nose up there and give it a good whiff. Just see what I'm saying. We can work that out after the podcast. And... To my immediate virtual left is another game designer, not named Peter Molyneux. It's not Peter Molyneux. Hi! Hello, not Peter Molyneux. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. Now, I understand that you have a few games out there kind of floating about. Just kind of lackadaisically in the ether. They sound like the kind of games that I would enjoy. They are rather pretentious, up their own arse. Ooh. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Full of promises that we're going to keep eventually. It sounds like we're more in the business of changing lives forever than we are creating games. Wouldn't you agree? Yes! Finally, someone gets it. Jesus. I believe we have a kindred spirit in this this man named not Peter Molyneux. Oh my god. With Ant's love story, I was just tapping into this really raw, deep thing that people just didn't get. Yes, and I'm back to you. Moving on. We have have, uh, another fine guest here for our 14th episode of the SoxCast, presented by SoxMakePeopleSexy.net presents the SoxCast episode 14. He is, a, as I understand it, a lettuce player named Freezing Inferno. How's it going, Fresno? Hi! You are a first-time caller. I Supp- guess so. Kind of, sort of, thing for the podcast thing. Long-time listener, though. <laughs> of course. Yes, you've read a couple of my emails on this thing. Oh, <gasps> that's right, we have. Uh, so, uh, how are you doing, Fresno? Like, who the hell are you? What do you do? Uh, I play video games for the internet and yell about them, and generally am silly. Oh, I heard you beat Battletoads once. That that did happen. Uh, That's okay. true. Because I, I, I wasn't sure. I had heard that it was a rumor, but I wasn't sure if that was anything that you'd ever uh, confirmed yourself or not. Mm, I, can, I can confirm this happened one time. All right, all right. Well, I tell you what, uh, enough lollygagging around. Why don't we just, you know... Shoot. Wait a minute, where the hell did Peter go? Wh- who? Peter? What? what? Yeah. What are you talking wasn't, about? What are you talking about, Rhett? Wasn't Peter Molyneux just here? Huh? He he asked me to smell his balls. Dude, what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That's a hell of a fever dream, dude. What the fuck <laughs> is going on with you? What? Did I just imagine all that? 
I am really confused right now, Rhett. Huh. Um, I tell you what, we'll we'll let you cool your head a little bit while Fresno gets this show jump started um, and gives us a little bit about you know what he's been up to, what he's been doing, what you've been jamming on. I've been jamming on a bunch of stuff, a bunch of things, some of which have been talked about on Soxcast's past. So uh, I started uh, watching a little animated program called Steven Universe. Ah! You you okay there, John? I like that show. Yes, you do like that show. Oh, and I would be remiss if I did not mention our live studio audience, Miss Anna. Hi. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, we're we're playing for a live crowd here. <laughs> no, right? This is a boy just just getting hot under the collar here. The depressioning. <laughs> oh my god! Right. So uh, I had two separate people, one of which was John, tell me that Steven Universe was possibly the best animated program they'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And well, really I can def- I can definitely see that it's very very good. In fact, I oh my god. It, it was my debrief between finishing Avatar The Last Airbender and starting Legend of Korra, which I'm going to do sometime in the future. Ooh, there's a go, going, going nowhere but up. Notice oh, yeah. I, I didn't scream for Korra. No, you did, you did not. I, I'm going I'm to have fun with that, I can tell. Oh, it's a fun show. Yes, it's going to be Anyways. <laughs> but Steven Universe, by God, it's uh, really, really good. I must oh, say, God. it's just lighthearted and fun, and at times it has some really resonant themes. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a show that I find myself more and more talked into wanting to see, but it's another one of those things where, like, I'll say I'll do it, but then I'll never get around to it, because mm-hmm. I never have time for anything. Mm-hmm. At least the episodes are ten minutes, so it's kind of a, a lightweight commitment compared to a lot of cartoons. Yeah. Like, you know, like, if you say... Four, yeah. It's like if you say, watch Fate Zero, and then, except it's uh, 26 episodes, it doesn't really end, it kind of goes into this other thing, and it, the first two episodes are really boring, so just push through those, and it's kind of a different sort of commitment. I mean, you can just sort of throw it on and watch it, and well, I, I ended up kind of binging it near the end, just like, I really want to finish this show, and it's so good, so I watched like seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they flow really up. easily. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, it starts off sort of lighthearted, simple sort of thing, but n- near the end, they really start getting into some sort of heavy stuff. Yeah, as of it's just been every episode, just as of late, they've been airing, as they've aired, I've just been like, every single one, ooh, that was heavy. Oh, wait, just like the last dozen. <laughs> yeah. Why don't I just expect this by this point? I don't know. I mean, on the run, especially, was really goddamn heavy. Ooh. Ugh. Yeah, that's the one that references um, the uh, uh, Enigma of Amagrifalt. Yes, <laughs> obscure Japanese horror manga. I don't, I don't know how obscure it is. I mean, yeah, I it's know. not that obscure, right? If you're if you're on the internet and you know about manga horror manga, you've probably heard of it. Yeah, this is my whole. It was made for me. Uh, that sort of thing. Ah, yeah. yes, that's so. That's that. So yeah, but. <laughs> You you talk about it some more. I've talked about it plenty. I, I, I'm pretty sure I caught some other weird references to things. I can't remember them offhand, but mm-hmm. there's definitely lots of references to other stuff, stuff that you wouldn't expect. I remember catching a few and being like, what? Oh, yeah, now I remember. Cat fingers. 
oh my god, yeah, they they have an episode where one of the people is morphing slowly into a horrible cat monster, and the end is a giant kitty cat Akira blob. (laughs) Wow. That's the first time. He's screaming, help me, as he says, all these cats meowing, coming out of his body. That sounds bizarre and just even even more demented than I would expect from like a, a, a purported children's show. Oh yeah, well, but it's really nice is the thing. Like this is, good children's entertainment isn't afraid to like try and scare the bejesus out of children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- I think focusing on the references kind of gives it a t- doesn't really do it credit. They what mm-hmm. no- nothing is like out of place. Nothing feels like it's oh, you remember this thing? Really, it's just like a bunch of really, really well-told little ten-minute stories. And it's just really beautiful a lot of the time, and it's really funny the rest of the time, and it's well-animated the whole time. It's really nice. It's great. I like it. and I I must say thank you for uh, sort of convincing me to give it a shot. Hey, welcome. You're very welcome. Well, well, it was between you and my friend Zane. The, the, both of them were like talking. I know I yelled to you a lot about it on Skype, and I yelled to him about it a lot on Skype. Like, mm. oh my god, it's a, oh, it's man. a really good show. I'm I'm glad I caught it. It's one of the best cartoons I've seen in a while, and it it was good. A little good break between the two Avatar shows, mm-hmm. even though I'm not. I'm probably not going to quite hit that level of quality with Korra. Uh huh. Yeah, I really like um the first Avatar, but I I don't think there's any comparison really um <laughs> steven universe like, having, really having like listened show, like, like Rhett, i just realized <laughs> over the the last i don't know three or four podcasts that he talked about it like he convinced me that i don't want to watch cora at all oh good season, <laughs> season three is really good i'm not you know, plowing you... through two mediocre seasons <laughs> to watch one good season and then another shitty one season one's really good too even if John for disagrees. The most part. Really? Because I, 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 from what I understand on the internet, it's like, oh, season one and two are kind of a slog to get to the good part. Huh. Really? But I don't internet know. People always seem to be like, for, I remember when it was just season one, and then people were like, yay, zippity doo dah, zippity day, my oh my, what a wonderful day. But that just and then comes from the finale from it, came out. But that just comes from it being a sequel to a thing that they already like. Uh huh. That's it, true. But it's really different. It felt fresh and original for season mm-hmm. one. Well, well, well it's, I think sure. I think season one one's fine. It just doesn't like keep any of its promises at the end. I think the I didn't really like the ending to it. Mm. So if it had been just a standalone thing, that I would have felt pretty crappy about Korra. <laughs> and then expanding that into the weird four season thing is just sad. <laughs> so, so you think it should have been? Taken some brevity and just been short, or well, I, I'm saying I wouldn't have liked it even if it had ended after one season, <laughs> just because <laughs> I, that ending disappointed me so much. I think it just took itself too seriously, mm-hmm. honestly, all the time. There wasn't the same like lightheartedness oh. of the yeah, original, the original series, yeah, okay. you know. I understand, it just kind saying. of felt very teenage angsty instead of like. It's Fun. the Chrono Cross to Chrono Trigger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. No. Ouch. Here we go. Right up to the point where it can't actually 
figure out what it's trying to say at the end. Shots yeah. effing fired. <laughs> oh man. So 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 Korosami walking into the light is basically uh, uh, the equivalent of the exposition on the beach. It's like the most contrived bullshit I've ever heard. Oh no. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, watch it. It's really pretty. Uh, well, 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 I'll give that a go. But uh, in the meantime, I played a couple of video games. You played video games? Yeah, I played them video games. What garbage? Were they the saga games? Uh, no, they were not. <laughs> then what are we even talking about here? <laughs> I, I, what the I, hell? I, sh- I should officially uh, derail quick- quickly to apologize. I am the one who introduced John to Saga. I started this entire match. Hey, John, want to play the Final Fantasy Legend? I've heard it's kind of neat. Sure. That's exactly what happened. Fresno, why aren't you playing Final Fantasy Legend 2? It's amazing. So to all of our wonderful listeners, Freezing Inferno is the person who basically destroyed my fucking podcast. I, I, I am the ruiner of worlds. Just, I think, I think he kind of derailed. If I, if I was like having better taste in video games, slowly but surely, I think that that point is where you can like pinpoint the derailment. And after that, it's like, hey y'all, let's go play Sonic Adventure. Hey y'all, Saga's really good. Hey y'all, these are great. I'm really digging all these things. So, no, no, I, I, I can tell you one thing though. You can probably get your revenge because. If me convincing John to play Saga was pushing him down the rabbit hole, I am hanging off the edge of a precipice, and that precipice is called Hyperdimension Neptunia. There you go! <laughs> but at least that's actually good and fun and cheerful and bright and happy and just goofy and silly and a bunch of lighthearted good fun. Oh, it's like, like the complete antithesis. Look, I... I, I... <laughs> Look, I've been dealing with Hyperdimension Neptunia. My 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 best friend in real life, he's a huge fanboy of that series, has them all on PS3 and whatnot. I, I've been ragging on him for these games for like four years now. So I understand the Neptunian madness completely. Mm-hmm. Basically, the I, second that game goes on sale on Steam, y'all, one of you is responsible for yelling at me, and then I'll probably nab it, and then, then we can yell about it. Tell- I, I, I've got Steam sharing going on with him, so I already own the thing. Oh, damn. <laughs> User reviews, overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> but I did not play Hyperdimension Neptunia because I have not fallen down that rabbit hole yet. Instead, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I bought a little video game on sale for like $2. And, and that was? And it was called Nihil Umbra. What's that? It's sort of like a... Uh, it's hard to define. It's sort of kind of like one of them artsy-fartsy puzzle platformers in the same vein as, like, Limbo, Braid, what have you. Oh, uh, hmm. And it, really did, and it really did create some interesting uh, resonance with me. Neat. So the idea here is you're this little blob guy in a void, in eternal nothingness. I, I think your name is Born because the narrator... Because the game has a narrator, and that's one of the things I didn't like. He's just saying, you are born, and you are going to escape the void. So you pop out of the void, you enter a snowy wasteland, and you find a scarecrow, and you turn into this little voidy, shadow-like scarecrow man, and that's your character for the rest of the game. So if, if Born escapes the void triumphantly, does that mean he gets to be the Born Supremacy? 
Oh my. <laughs> that, that, that might be what happens at the end of the game. Wow. <laughs> not where I thought that joke was going. I'm not sorry. That's, I, I, I can't even be mad. That was, that was great. <laughs> so the, idea, the main idea behind the game is you collect these colors as you go along each world. So there's like a frozen mountain, a desert, a volcano, elemental nonsense. And you get these colors. So, and you can paint the ceilings and the floors with your colors. And they have certain properties. So... The blue ones are ice. They make you skid along and give you momentum. Green are bouncy floors. Red's fire and it burns stuff. Et cetera, et cetera. So, so you, you control gotta, the character with the keyboard and you control the colors of the mouse. You paint yeah, stuff with the mouse. That's exactly how you play the game. Cool. And actually, what, what really made it interesting for me was because I first heard of the game when I was looking around for stuff to buy on the, the PSN for the Vita. So... As I was playing it on PC, I thought, boy, this is going to be fun using the touch screen, you know? How so, did that turn out for you? Well, I, I didn't play it on the Aww, Vita PC. Okay, I, so. see, I see. But it would have been nice, I think, to have that little extra bit of tactile feedback. But the game was uh, fun. It was a bit shortish. It was about two or three hours to beat. And well, that's I don't know not how too big of a deal. Well, it's not quite done yet because... Uh, that was the first half of the game, let's say. So for this first half, you're going around all these worlds. You're dodging monsters from the void. You're using your colors to get by. So you're bouncing and stuff, sticking to walls, slip sliding along to make jumps. But all the while, the void is chasing you, trying to get you and bring you back into the fold, whatever. And it's erasing all the lands that you visit as you go along. And the narrator is basically just telling you all... The void's relentless. It's ever chasing you. You feel so guilty. This guilt in your heart, but you deserve to live. And I'm just like, <laughs> man. And we, we were talking about We just mentioned Saga, I know. But you know what I loved about Saga? What's it that? wasn't like in your face, kind of lecturing you. Yeah, it, it had ambiguity to it. That's what mm-hmm. I really took away from Saga. I don't know what you took away from it, but the idea of, you know... You just find a bunch of dead kids in the shelter and you have no idea what happened. Uh, but all, it, uh, all it's there is to do is to reinforce the idea that these people were trusting in this figure and it didn't it's, pay it's, out for them. It's up to you to, to figure out that meaning. You don't need the narrator saying, and these people believed in Asherah and the creator far too much and their faith killed them. Exactly. Yeah. So... That that was kind of a, annoying to me, just the narrator explaining what I'm supposed to feel in this game. It's Did like, you get the feeling they were trying to, like, ape the Bastion narrator or anything like that? Uh, not really. He doesn't have the same sort of timber to his voice. My, my first impression hearing you talk about it and watching the trailer was like, this looks like the kind of game that Rhett Supre would make fun of. <laughs> oh, no. Ouch. Which isn't really very nice. And they've actually made fun of a couple games that I like, but uh, oh, that's that was my initial impression. But what was your, your remaining okay. experience with okay, that game? But no, this is where it gets fun. Okay, so okay. I, go through, I go through all the worlds. I beat the game, and at the end of the game you do this out of the scroll and you slow down and at the end the void rejects you because you've collected all these colors and you've breathed life into your soul or whatever and you can live again you're free but then it's really like well the void erased all these places so now you gotta go fix it 
And that starts the hard mode of Void, of Nihilumbra. Void mode. And holy crap, this is where it gets good, because, well, for one thing, there's no narrator anymore. It's just... (laughs) And you take everything that you learn using your colors, and the game just ramps up into high gear with the puzzles. Some of them are, like, really tricky, and you've got to have perfect reflexes or be really clever and it's just wonderful really just like you got to use your brain power and it gets really hard it's hard in the right way you know what i'm trying to say here it's a, it's, it's enforcing everything that you learned <laughs> going through the game the first time but making you use that in a much more precise manner exactly like there's one puzzle that really kind of stumped me is <laughs> uh you had there's mm-hmm. these two switches because you sometimes you have switches and you got to put blocks on them but there's only one crate so what you had to do was you had to make the surface of the ground ice and there's these little ridges in between the switches so you put bouncy terrain on the ridges and push the box and it just goes back and forth so you have enough time to get through one gate and then get through the other gate that was a puzzle that really stood out to me and like oh man that's pretty complicated yeah, so you really got to think of the, like, alternate uses of your colors. Mm. And it, it gets even deeper because they introduce another thing, these flowers that are of a certain color that restrict you from using that color on that screen. Mm. So if there's, say, an area where you have to avoid a lot of enemies, they'll restrict your usage of fire so you can't just burn them away. You've got to get around them by other means. And there's stuff like bouncing bullets from turrets to kill enemies. It's, wow. It, it, it got really good and hectic near the end. It sounds it like was, you definitely got your $2 worth out of it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it, totally. It, it was really discounted. Like, it normally is like 8 bucks. Which, before mm. I did Void Mode, I would have said, well, that's a bit much. But 8 bucks seems about right for it. I mean, and Ooh. 2 was, was a steal, really. So you're really enjoying it for, like, the cool mechanical challenges in the second half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus, like, the the stuff it was doing, like, with the narrator and all that? Yeah, the the first half of the game didn't really grab me. It was fun, but it was just sort of a thing where I played it in short bursts. Like, played a world at a time, then set it aside for later. But the the void mode really grabbed my attention, and it was fun. And And overall, I liked it. Cool. Cool. All right, so the next video game I played is a a nice little number. Another one on Steam, Castle in the Darkness. Can I can I take a moment to to do that cool internet thing where you you give your opinion on something having never played it but only having seen like screenshots of it. It's sort of but but <laughs> but, but you know it's going to be bad. It's, so it's kind of like the reverse John where he thinks he just likes everything whereas, oh whereas I'm going to hate this um, well, you see, it's a great strategy because I just go into something thinking this is good, and then if I don't think it's good, I think about it over and over again until I reevaluate everything in such a way that it becomes good, and then everything is good. This is this is like some 1984 level stuff. You're 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 this trying to equate, you're trying to make two and two equal five. Saga is good. Saga I played Metroid good. Prime, and I was like, I don't like this, and then I spent like three days just like no why am i wrong why am i wrong i'm so wrong oh my god oh oh and then i started liking it 
So, um... Anyways... So basically, my opinion on this game is just, like, everything that I've seen about it, from people that I know streaming it to just, like, screenshots, it looks like a platform version of Retro City Rampage, where it's like, hey, check it out, there's this cool reference to this thing you know, there's no context behind it, but this guy looks kind of like Shovel Knight, huh? Huh? That's cool. Well, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. It looks like a less or a slightly more subtle version of I Want to Be the Guy, where it's not stealing the sprites outright, but it's like, oh, it's a blue Aramur, huh? Huh. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that's about right. So uh, this game is uh, sort of an exploratory platformer, or as the cool kids call them, met. I'm bleeping cool. that out because I Nobody hate that cool word. Nobody cool says that. Nobody that's cool why, says that, so I'm bleeping that word out. That's why I said exploratory platformer. We'll use that. Yes. Boom! That's that's mm. perfect. And it is a, a pixel art style, retro styled, if you will. And uh, well, Polly and Rhett sort of nailed it, basically, because this game likes to a reference lots of old video games in not so subtle ways, and b kill you stone dead with gotcha traps. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Everything I saw about this game is just like, yeah, this is kind of the well worn. Um, path of been here, done that, wow, there are too many of these. Yeah, well, uh, having beat Retro City Rampage, I can say that the references are not as egregious as in Retro City Rampage. Like, they just came rapid fire in that one. And they made no sense at all. It's just like, oh, hey, here's this thing that looks like a thing from Contra. <laughs> That's wacky, right? Yeah. Uh, true. Well, yeah. they have- they had a lot of that, too, in Castle in the Darkness, but not so much, and they actually had a pretty good game around it. Yeah, so, Retro City Rampage is terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I got it for, like, <laughs> so it was it was okay. Oh, I'll give it that. It's not, not the ever. worst thing I've ever played, but, meh. Castle in the Darkness was better. Cool. And, well, I basically, like, marathoned this game over the past two or three days, and it was... It really sucked. Looks me like in. a long ass game, just judging from your playtime. Well, yeah, it took. Well, I a hundred percent of it too, right? So there's that. Mm-hmm. So I did. I did everything in this game. Well, there's a new game plus and whatnot, but I don't know if I'm really going to do that just yet. Maybe I'll come back to it, but maybe I won't. But uh, at first, this game starts really difficult. Like you can only take a couple of hits and then you're dead. There's there's lots of checkpoints in it. So you just save and get checkpoints, but sometimes they feel like too f- few and far between, mm. and you you get five screens into the same at, at like near the end of it. It's just like okay, look, game, I'm doing five screens of the same mundane shit just to get to the one screen where you've got these dick spikes that are just falling on me and killing me in one hit. Come on! I hope they're really shaped like dicks. Well, <laughs> not not really. Oh, that really bums me okay. out. I was going to buy this game, but then no dicks, no sell. Oh, no. oh quick question. Oh, look, there's the y- Yama- Yamauchi thing, the spinny yep, razor the thing sh- from Mega Man 1. The yeah. Yashishi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just saw that in the um, in the, yep, that, in the that, screenshots. Yep. So, all right, just one quick question. Is there any kind of ironic twist or something to the fact that you're a knight going to save a princess from an evil sorcerer? Uh, or is it just playing it straight, straight faced? What what kind of ironic twist did you mean? I don't know. Like at least in Sho- in Shovel Knight, it's like your friend is the sorceress, and you save 
Well, and, you're not really whoa, saying spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, man. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But you it's, don't really you know, save the princess. To it. Yeah, you don't really save the princess because a, a, a little ways into the game, she, she proves herself sort of capable, and then you're trying to find, like, her father, the king. Okay. That's and what so, I was yeah. asking. And, well, uh, endgame spoilers. Like, I, I don't know if any of you really care, but it ends up doing this whole Castlevania Sympathy of the Night thing where... The the king's actually the last guy, and you've got to do a bunch of extra stuff to purify the evil out of him and fight the true last guy. Mm-hmm. So so there's that. I okay. thought you were going to say it flips upside down. Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> oh, God. I, no. I, I, I would not have been happy with that. Oh, my God. <clears throat> no. Now you know why there were spikes all over the ceiling. Yeah, no. The moment the moment that really got me and said, "Okay, you're 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 full of it." So sometimes they have spikes that fall from the ceiling, and that those kill you instantly. Now, now most of the time you can see them. So when they fall, I'm like, "Ah, okay, that's mm-hmm. fair. I should have been more, more paying more attention." But in the final area, you're doing a vertical ascent, right? I jump up to a platform, bam! A spike falls on me. I could not see the ceiling. That's BS. That's, that's, that's so it looks like it's stuff. playing a kind of like somewhere in between I want to be the guy and like Battle Kid doing yeah, this. Yeah, it, it really does feel checkpoint. like it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a super hard checkpoint explory platformer and it's either being super bullshit to be funny, like I want to be the guy, or it's not being bullshit at all, it's just fucking hard, like Battle Kid. And then oh. this seems like it's kind of not really either. Does it's it's sort of in the middle of it. Well, yeah. I, well it, it does show you your death count. I only died like... 250 times over my 100% playthrough. <laughs> so that's different from I want to be the guy. <laughs> so that's, like, that's not that's not so bad when you compare to something like I want to be the guy or Super Meat Boy or whatever where I had thousands of deaths. But Super Meat Boy is also not bullshit, but it's linear. No, it's, kind it's, of it's, it's not bullshit because it's like instant respawn instead of, hey, oops, spikes, better well, go through the same five screens again. Super Meat Boy, even despite how challenging it can get, you know, even like if it didn't have that instant respawn, the level designs aren't bullshit. Yeah, it's you know, fair. There's, there's nothing that just surprises you in that game. You can look at a board as soon as it loads up and be like, okay, I know what I need to do. It's just all in execution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pull any real surprises on you. Not like, oops, surprise. But, but, but fuck Cotton Alley, though. <laughs> the Cotton Alley, no. But yeah. Oh, that was, that was a nice Yeah, I mean, if something, I'm okay with people being unfair for, like, a purpose. Like, to be funny or be thematic in some way, but... It seems like you want to be one or the other. You want to be incisive <laughs> about I mean, what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, Castle in the Darkness was still fun and good in the end. I, I had fun. I don't regret playing it or nothing. Cool. But it just sort of infuriated me in the wrong ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you play it for that long. You obviously got something out of it. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's kind of subscribes to the whole fake retro mentality that's going around. Like, oh man, these retro games are so hard, they killed you instantly. <laughs> and, no! Yeah, completely missing the point of what quote-unquote Nintendo hard actually meant. Old mm-hmm. video games never did that. I mean, no. be- yeah. That, that, that sort of thing only started with I Want to Be the Guy, and that was like an exaggerated parody of Nintendo mm, hard. Exactly. That everyone then started playing straight. I don't understand. I hate the know. gaming community so much. I hate <laughs> the gaming community so much. You're yeah, all no. stupid. Look what you've done. That's y- 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 y'all were like, man, Contra's impossible without the Konami code. And oh, now look what we have. You want to see me choke a bitch real fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. 
This is actually a hobby I have, is I sometimes like to look up top ten hardest NES games uh, on the lists. Don't do just, it! Don't do it! I had to stop doing it because it always made me mad. Like, ugh, can, can I just say one thing about those lists? Do it! Fuck y'all, Silver Surfer's not one of the hardest NES games. Do you want to know the one complaint everyone has about Silver Surfer? Mm. It's, it you, oh my, it's, it's, oh my god! You can't touch anything in this game, or you die. And I'm just like, show me the goddamn shooter game where you can touch a wall and not die. <laughs> R-Type Final. Okay. R-Type Delta. You got me. All right, right. Post, post-NES. How about that? Okay. okay. Yeah, because I can think of a few SNES ones, too, that don't do that. But, yeah. But you Life see, Force, but you Gradius. see my point, yeah. Like, I totally most, get your point, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, one, your hitbox is obnoxiously large. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you sat down with that game, you could find your way through it. It's not the most mm-hmm. impossible feat. It wouldn't be the most fun you'll have with a video game ever. I mean, you'll, uh, you'll be enjoying some fantastic music along the way. Tim um, Beaten Silver Surfer. It is not one of the hardest NES games ever made. But it, that, that complaint just mostly comes because these people have seen the angry video game there and they take that, exa- again, exaggerated parody taken as gospel. Yeah, people take all of that bullshit so goddamn seriously. It's like, no, oh, you idiots, it's an act. Yes. It you is. Think, you think he's not fucking, you know, ginning up some of that footage and making it look <laughs> way harder than it is. Come on, people. It is mm-hmm. absolutely hidden planet for laughs. Wake up, America. Wake up. God damn it! <laughs> Fucking sheeple. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say sheeple, but I guess you beat me to it. Jet fuel can't kill the Silver Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> damn, that's good. Wow. Oh, John hit the park. He just yeah, you clobbered that one. Fucking good job. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. Just for that, I'm not firing you next week. <gasps> Yay! You get to cool. stay on it next week. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Okay, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there about old video games. <laughs> Don't it. worry, it went somewhere good. <laughs> it did, it did, it did. So let's talk about another video game that mm-hmm. you people... Well, I'm gonna keep it brief, because two... Two out of three of you people talked about this thing for three hours. Uh-oh. Because uh, I picked up last week a copy of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask three-dimensional. I'm angry because when I went to go buy it, they didn't have any. Oh. oh that's, that's terrible. Oh. They sold so, out? Yeah, they sold out. So to make myself feel better, I bought uh, Life is Strange and Hotline Miami 2. Cool. So I'm still cool with that. I can wait a little bit on the joy. I, re- I really want to play Life is Strange. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's time travel. I love time travel. So anyway. Majora's Mask 3D. Uh, y'all talked about it for three and a half hours, so I don't have much to add to that. Beyond <laughs> I, I like that. a lot of it. I like a lot of the uh, conveniences they've built into that game that we've heard about because mm-hmm. uh, Eric talked about it a bit and, they, you know, like the, uh, the, the, the quest notebook or whatever it is. Yeah. Making that more accessible. Yeah, Absolutely. it's way more accessible. It's easier. And, like, you can, like, like, like the Song of Time lets you sort of, like, travel to any, po- like, hour in any day. A- you can go to any hour. The, the one thing, though, is you can't, like, jump between days. So if you want to, like, go to day three, you got to do the song a double time, go to 6 a.m. on day two, then go to 6 a.m. on day three, and then you go to wherever you want on day three. But that, that's still really convenient. It's, it's still better. It's still, it's still, it's still, still more better convenient. than do it for every six hours of time. Yeah. Yeah. 
and well, it's it it makes the game more accessible. And I don't know if anyone if anyone's really going to complain about that. I mean, if you want, I to am. Complain, if there's anybody who's going to complain about that, it's me, and I'm not. Yeah, if that if you want to complain about that, uh, <laughs> well, if well, if you don't like it, the, the Nintendo 64 version's still there with all its original quirks. Yep. Nope, the new version erased it apparently. Oh, gone forever. Can't play it. I mean, I went through the whole third dungeon in Majora's Mask not knowing that you could use the R button to spin around with a make a giant lightning shield that'll destroy every enemy in the dungeon. Didn't so Rhett, the, didn't Rhett not know that too? Rhett didn't figure yeah, it out either. I didn't do it. He told me and then I had to do that dungeon again because I ran out of time. But. No, you told me. I think you got it from somebody oh, else. Oh, that's right. Oh my god! We figured it. We neither of us figured I, it. Oh out. right! I told you. I, 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 beat the whole, I, I managed to barely beat the dungeon without it, and then I found out, and then never used Zor, didn't yeah. barely use Zora for the rest of the game. Yeah, I couldn't beat the third boss until I learned. I that. had to use like a bunch of fairies. Well, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. I'll remember that when I get to Great, Great Bay Temple. Well, it'll probably like <laughs> say it on the screen, like press R to have a little R menu. You can tap that it says use Lightning Shield. It'll think- actually be nice. I think I saw somewhere. I think they changed the swimming a lot in this one, in the new one. Oh, yeah, okay. I've heard a lot of people talking about not liking the swimming mechanics in this. One. I, I I can't say anything yet because I'm only I only just did Woodfall Temple last night. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, cool. I think it functions similar to the Goron now, where you go slow at first, and then once you hit full speed, the electric shield kicks in. Cool. Okay. That's interesting. Well, then I guess that's an incentive not to just use the shield all the time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think. Like it's slower because it's way easier to control that way. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of unreasonable before. Mm-hmm. You moved so fast underwater. Cool. So like I last played this game uh, in 2007 on the N64. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really. So it's a weird half hazy memory where I remember certain things, but now that I'm past Woodfall, I don't remember very much at all about <laughs> what's coming up. So it's going to be real fun. And I've forgotten that entire. Cafe and Anju quests. That's gonna be real great. Oh man! <laughs> but yeah. there's one little change that I, I I absolutely adore. It's just a little aesthetic thing. When you use yeah. the Song of Time to go back to the first day, the bottom screen shows all your like consumables, and as you're falling through like the clocks and whatnot, do 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 do, you see them slowly tick down to nothing. <laughs> oh, that's mean! But that's awesome too. It's that's beautiful. beautiful. It happens, the same thing happens in the last game, but now you can see it. Yeah, like you, like you see, like you can still see, like your items fly out of you as Link is falling, like just like in the original. Yeah. But on the bottom screen, where all your inventory is, you just see them slowly fading down to nothing, ticking away. That's really cool. I just thought, wow, that is really neat. But yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Awesome. It's a, it's a good game. I'm really looking forward to playing it myself. Uh, so, you know, I will hopefully be joining you soon on that little quest. And then you can have another three-hour podcast about it. Oh, boy. With you and Fresno and Eric. There you go. Oh, boy. Just I, I, do it all again. Yeah. I, I, I really want that to happen because I'm weird like that. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious if we just did another Majora episode. I really with like all Majora's di- Mask. But with all different people. So me and John will be out. Oh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> well, we uh, are we are a strange podcast. You never know. Uh, so the last game I played was one I bought the same time I bought Majora's Mask 3D. It's East Memories of Celseda for the PlayStation Vita. 
That is a follow-up to E7, is it not? I guess. I don't really know East Canology. I, I think as far as the story goes, it's a direct fo- – it is a remaking fusion of the two different E4 games. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, meant like, – yeah. I just meant that, like, E7 was the game before that one. Yeah, E7, so, it takes the engine and gameplay stuff from E7. Ouch. The only East game I've played, beaten, is East Book 1 and 2 on TurboGrafx CD. Oh, you should play so, Oath and Felgana. Oath and Felgana is really good. I, I should. I, I do believe I have it here. So uh, That's yeah. good. That, that game is that. really good. Try as it, I might, I cannot get into East Origin, though. Wait, maybe I should. Maybe instead of that, I should pull a John and play Wanderers from East on Super Nintendo. Uh, Isn't that the? That's the really shitty one, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I have to expect it to be good in order for my critical strategy to work. But, well, well, and I don't expect I, what, that game to be good. From what I understand, it's like a janky Zelda two. Oh yeah, it's. <laughs> and I love Zelda two, so I'm already in the right mindset. Oh my god! Uh, You're more than welcome to try it and let us know how that co- turns out. Yeah, totally. I am, I am I, never touching Wanderers. I, I again. would, except I would, except the Jetstorm just started the thing on the forum, and we're all going to be playing Lagoon. Oh god! Oh man! Don't tell me. Oh man! I can't. I don't know any. You attack enemies with like a three-inch pecker. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be so much fun. And, and Well, it is kind of related because Lagoon is like kind of knockoff East. Yeah, yeah, only like there's like, I think the bump system only works in terms of defense. Yeah, mm. I've, I've, I've seen like a, a speed ring of Lagoon. It's, it looks magical. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, uh, by God, East Memories of Celsada is pretty fun. It's a big step up from the last East game I played and the... <laughs> I can imagine. Well, yeah. The, the the last East game you played, you were just bumping into enemies and praying that you were doing so at an appropriate angle. Now I've got <laughs> now I've got an attack button. Wow. Now you've got an attack button and you have dungeons that make sense. And and you even have a a, a partner character that you can switch to. I think you don't you have like two or three partner characters? Well, well you might, but right now I only got one because uh, I only played a little bit of it. Because in E7, I know that uh, you had three active party members at once. Mm. But so uh, this game, it's good. You, you run around, you fight guys, you get items for forging your weapons and whatnot. There's a lot of crafting nonsense involved. But uh, something re- that really struck me as interesting is the plot is basically a, hey, there's this forest that nobody's ever returned from. Why don't you go map it out and we'll give you money for it? Oh, so, Lord. So it's basically Etrian Odyssey East Edition. Uh, uh, <laughs> not, not an Etrian fan, I take it. I played Persona Q and that's all I ever want to hear or ever see of the Etrian Odyssey series ever again. Oh dear! Persona Q. Persona Q is a big old turd. I, I haven't played Q, so I can't say much. But I, I Etrian Odyssey Four was the first three DS game I had, and I adore that game. I well, really if do. you like Etrian Odyssey, you might like Persona Q. Fuck, I'll give you my copy. I don't give a shit. Oh well, well, <laughs> shit! I'll, I'll give it a good home. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Mm. No, but it's a it's good. There's a lot of branching paths in the forest to take, and What's really crazy? It, it, it's kind of simple though. Like there's all these healing monoliths and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, when I first entered the forest, 
So there's these bear things that attack me. I, I could kill them easily. And then there's this giant guy, and he can, like, kill you in three hits. But That sounds so, very east. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what, what I did, I kind of cheesed him, was there was, like, a healing monolith right there by the edge of the forest. So I would hit him a couple times, then he'd hit me. Oh, shit, I'm nearly dead. Run back to the healing monolith. Boop, you're full health. And then I go back and kill him. I did this for, like, five minutes, and I killed him. Wow. That's <laughs> sharp. Sure. Yeah, but then yeah. there's another one later on in the forest. It's not near a healing mountain, so I just I just steered clear of that guy. But I don't know. There's like dodging, and you can, and if you do the dodge perfectly, you can hit the enemy. Oh yeah, and, and you can like I think you can get something like four times damage out of doing that perfectly or something. Something like that. I don't know. There's like critical hits and stuff. Yeah, it is like like the 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 perfect dodge system is so broken uh, from what I've seen of it, and I know that Chelsea's talked about it a lot. So it sounds yeah. like she just beat that game into the ground with just perfect dodging all over the I can, place. I can understand how you could do that. It, it, you could really just like if you got great reflexes and know the tells of the monster you're fighting yeah it's it's like a gleaning in uh double dragon neon uh if you can glean if you can glean perfectly you can just stomp the hell out of that game i don't know if i ever learned to glean in that game and i beat every mode of it oh if you glean you can do it even faster it's just ridiculous that's great i can beat i can beat not skeletor even faster hooray good job yeah see it really is funny the history of the ease the ease four history because they're like I'm looking at it now and Hudson made a version of ease four called Dawn of Ease and then Tonkin House made a version for the Super Nintendo the first one was for the Turbo Graphics and theirs was called Mask of the Sun yep. and then Falcom did a remake for the PS2 that was kind of a Mask of the Sun and then this one is a remake and it, all are different <clears throat> games completely <laughs> all in the same setting. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's a game that's got some weird history behind it. It sounds like, like, I don't know, like, the rights got, like, bogged down between two different companies or something. Who knows? It's weird. All I know is it's pretty good. I got it for, like, 14 bucks. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, it's it's given life to my Vita. No longer is it just a machine to play Danganronpa on. There you go. There's Neptunia yeah. games on there too. Yeah, there are. Oh, there you are. Can, you can get oh, rebirth. No. You can get Rebirth One for pretty cheap on Vita right now. You know, you know what's funny that you mentioned Neptunia. Actually, when I was at the store looking for games for the Vita, I saw the uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia producing perfection game for twelve dollars used. Wow! And you bought it? <laughs> no, I didn't. You should have. I, 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 I. I you would have felt not. better about yourself. I, I, you would have looked at yourself in the mirror and said, damn, I'm a much better person now. Then again, I didn't stop my friend from buying Hyperdimension Neptunia on PS3. Oh, God. That he, he, so he needed bad. to complete his uh, PS3 collection of it, so he just got him. That game's so bad. Oh, boy. MK2 and Victory, those are much better games, but the first Hyperdimension Neptunia is... He has them, and he, and he has the Rebirth games on his Vita, so he's... Oh, God. He Neptunia. is a big Neptunia fan. Actually, the reason I have my 3DS is he bet me I couldn't sit through the Hyperdimension Neptunia anime. Oh, God. <laughs> and I did. It hurt, but I did. That looks so painful and terrible in all the worst possible ways. Well, Did you watch um, it with him? Uh, I watched, like, an episode or two with him and made fun of it the entire time. (laughs) 
I yeah. watched a little clip just while you were all talking about it, and I was just like, oh, oh. Well, well, John, you'd like it because Iris Hart's in it. That was the clip I saw, actually. Yes. That may have been the clip I was looking for. All right. Yes. Um, yes. Well, uh, so that was all the stuff I experienced lately. It was uh, pretty good stuff all around, I must say. Cool. Not a bad Yeah, for, for me, I'll probably, for ease, I'll probably just play two at some point, but mainly I just want to go back and finish Oath and Felgana and play Ark of Neptune. Ark of Neptune. Yeah, and I own or and I own Ease Origins, but I probably want to play that after the other two good platformer ones. Play Wanderers, please, with John. Suffer with me. No. Just going to say that now. Sorry. This is a first. This is a first. John turning down. You know, a, a chance of suffering. Wow. I'll, yeah, I'll try a lagoon just because it looks short and. Um, oh, I think you know. Lagoon. Mm-hmm. You, you, and, you know, y'all. Anyway, uh, that's all from me. So, uh, who's up next? I guess I'll just go next because uh, I'm more important than the other two people that are trying to talk. <laughs> um, uh, continuing on the Neptunia. Uh, road that we've been on and are probably just going to continue to be on for a while it seems as I um for some weird reason I played through uh Neptunia Rebirth 1 again like just right after beating it um okay. <laughs> I didn't do New Game Plus or anything um New Game Plus seemed kind of pointless because it's like the game doesn't get any more difficult or anything I guess it's just so you can go back and you know, like get all the stuff that you weren't able to get the first time Get more memory. Get more memory so you you can can unlock little sisters. Yay. Yay. Uh, I played through with uh, Plushia. Um, I bought her. She was like, uh, what, like 80 80 cents or something? She was dirt. They're they're dirt cheap. cheap. (laughs) Uh, But she was a really fun character to have in the group, mostly. She's really, really, really powerful, like, when you're starting out. She's really good to have on your team if you're looking to, like, power yeah. through some of the, like, really harder things. Um, but basically, when I played through it the second time, my idea was just to, like, I'm just going to rush through this thing and see, you know, I-, I wanted to test the balance. I wanted to see just, like, okay, like, we, we-, we thought that this game was balanced pretty well um, when me and Rhett played through it before, just at a normal pace and unlocking as much as we could or as much as we felt necessary. So um, I went through it about the same mindset, but I never really like retraced my, my steps through any of the areas <laughs> and just unlocked stuff as um, either it fell into my lap. Like I only stopped to grind for a few items um, to get uh, some plans finished for some higher level healing items late in the game because I, I just needed it. And I didn't use like any life rings or anything. Uh, and those, oh wow, yeah, they give you the <laughs> like the life rings are like twenty five hundred extra hit points for like five thousand G, and that's pretty cheap. And they're like you can buy them right at the start of the game if you want them. Yeah. So the, I, I, <clears throat> the reason those seem so stupid to put in is because all the healing is percentage based. Yeah. So having five thousand more HP means he heals thirty percent damage of your life spell is way more effective. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're way more effective. So I just avoided using any of that for the entire duration. I finished the game at around level 57 or 58. Um, and it held up. Uh, I didn't get stuck anywhere. I found myself able to just play through that game at a pace that was a bit faster than you normally would. And I never had to stop and grind for anything. And I found that the combat system (laughs) felt a lot more engaging, a lot more strategic. I found myself, uh, 
waiting a lot of turns out uh, instead of just going in for an attack um, just to sort of like balance how I wanted to guard break or sometimes like there were bosses I didn't even bother guard breaking on because it's like you know what I can out damage this fool I know how I can do it you know and it all comes down to how you customize your combos um, and how you're able to use various stat buffs and not being afraid to drop money on items that, um, you know, will give you temporary buffs in battle just to, you know, just eke your way through if you have to. Um, and, yeah, it was a fully enjoyable experience the second time through. I skipped most of the scenes except for the ones that I thought were really cute or still funny, and those still held up. Um, but, yeah, that game, uh, I guess, you know, it, it's basically socks cast recommended at this point. Hyperdimension, yes. ne- Hyperdimension, Neptunia Rebirth really? One on Steam. It's it's socks cast recommended. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Like I game said, of the year. I, I'm on the precipice with this game because I've I, I have my friend here I, who's been playing it for four years, playing through the series. I've read all the Let's Plays and something awful. I've seen the anime. I know everything there is to know about Neptunia except actually playing the thing. I think you should. It's a really engaging experience, and I think, like, uh, the localization is just super sharp and funny. Uh, it, it, it trips over itself, you know, more times than I would care to admit as well um, by going for some just really dumb, awful, not really funny references that really have no context. But uh, I, I got that impression from the LP, the first one. It was just like... It's, it's the same sort of thing you were talking about with Castle in the Dark. It's like, hey, look, I'm... Leon Smenady and I'm from Rats. <laughs> I, mean, I think it works though because the whole series is so dumb. So when there's a character like named David Snake who's I in love a cardboard that. box, I love and uh, <laughs> Player Two. I like. Uh, I think my favorite one is Player Two, which is just a dude in white overalls and a green hat and a mustache. <laughs> He's Player Two. You know, uh, you're saying Snake. They actually do have a like Snake like character in the uh, noir. Tactics game that just came out. Yep, yep. I don't think that's snake like at all with chest like that. Well, it's it's it's. The she has the she has the alert the symbol on her boobie. She, she got the alert symbol on her boobie. But uh, yeah, that that game's just really cute and really fun. And uh, you know, like I've said, you know, it's got its downfalls with its reuse of assets, and you know. For being Idea Factory, clearly they didn't have a lot of ideas. Huh? Huh? Because they're named Idea Factory? Huh? I mean, like, Persona 4 uses a bunch of models and and skins a lot, so... Uh, yeah, it's up a good one. It's, you it's, can work around that. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can... Yeah, I guess that's actually <laughs> fair to say. Persona, the, the Persona series really does get a lot of use out of their models and things like that, so it's... I would say Neptunia is far more egregious... Um, because it reuses actual maps, which may or may not be from other Idea Factory games. Oh my lord. Um, but it's still a fun game. I still had a great time with it. I didn't get burned out my second time playing it. I'm still super stoked for, uh, Rebirth 2. Uh, I had to stop myself from buying, uh, MK2 and Victory on PS3, because I knew it was just like, if I do that, I'm just gonna burn myself out. You're, you're going to end up with hyperdimension Neptunia lunchboxes like my friend. Oh wow! Like yeah. that's Bla- it's Blaze Fury, right? <laughs> that's him. That's what I, that's what I thought it was Blaze. Um, uh, yeah, because I know well, he's a big anime nerd. 
he, he totally is, my god. Uh, I, I can attest to this. But the only thing stopping me from playing Neptunia is, is the silliest thing, is that I've been making fun of him for playing these games for four years. So <laughs> if, I start, if I start playing it now, being like, oh boy, I'm playing Neptunia, I feel like the biggest hypocrite in the world. Just tell him you're playing it to spite him. Just be like, uh huh, look at me, I'm playing your dumb, stupid, girly game. I'm gonna make so much fun of it. He, he hates that. That's why he didn't want me in the same room with him when I watched it, because I made fun of his you're just treasure. Scared. You're just scared that you're going to like it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just accept Neptunia into your heart. <laughs> so I mean, Rob told me it was like, basically like Sailor Moon. Oh, my avatar on Twitter like, Yeah! My avatar on Twitter already is for... I, I, I can't go much farther than that, now can't I? If he's the best. Yes. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's Neptunia. It's awesome. We love it. Cool. Yeah, I'll probably give it a play after when I'm ready for a game that's not like that's you know like pleasant to play. God help go. me, I'm probably going to join you, John. Cool, awesome. Um, the next game I played was one recommended by our dear friend John. Oh boy, yeah. Oh, I'm really sorry that <laughs> he got turned me. out this way. He uh, he put up, uh, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that he put up quite the talk uh, about a little game called For the Frog, the Bell Tolls. This is a cute little Game Boy game where you're a prince and you get turned into a frog. And it's got these, gr- you know, simple little mechanics um, you know, a little platforming, you know, a little adventuring. The combat system is, you know, bump into an enemy and the battle plays out. You're, you know, one and done. And it was really actually engaging and I was having myself a pretty good time. And then I ran into the part of the game where it's just incredibly, terribly designed. Oh. Um, I mean, it looked fun from the, the LPO video that Jen did. It is really, it's really easy to, when you're, when you're playing this thing that's kind of obscure and not a lot of people talk about it and you're having a nice time with it, it's easy to get really loud and hyped up and maybe not as critical as a person should be when recommending it to friends. Yeah, the, so, uh, so the thing about this ga- the thing about this game is that it isn't necessarily an adventure or an RPG. It's actually more of a, a puzzle where in order to progress you need to have the right answer every time. And the right answer is basically you need to have set stats in order to clear uh, certain parts of the game because certain enemies you know, like, when you get into the, a fight with this enemy, it's like, oh, well, great, there's no way for me to win this fight because I somehow missed a, a, a heart container level up somewhere, or I don't have enough strength to out-damage this guy, so he just kills me. So I, I basically ended up doing, like, an entire dungeon and found out that um, a strength power-up that I missed um, was back, like, one or two towns... And I had to exit the dungeon, go back, and find that power-up, which, uh, it was really, it was in a really obscure place. I can't remember how I ended up finding it, whether I just video- Really? Yeah. Oh, bummer. Oh and, and then I had to go back and redo the entire dungeon again. And Oof. it was just like, and, 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 you know, like, I got to the boss of this dungeon the, my first time there, and there was just no way for me to win the fight. Because once you're engaged in combat with a boss, you can't run and you can't use items. If it's a normal enemy, they will allow you the opportunity to run or use items. Uh, but for some reason, you know, you can't do that with a boss. So, you know, we thought, well, maybe I could just save myself if I just, like, you know, used an item mid-fight, I would be able to do it. Because, you know, I had a healing item on me, um, but... For some reason, you know, just during a boss fight, unless you've got 
the exact stats that you need in order to beat that boss, you can't progress. And if you've scoured that entire dungeon and cleared it out and didn't end up finding the stat bonus that you needed, you've got to bust your ass back out to the world map and start looking under every nook and cranny again. And I was just like, I, I, I was just like, no, this isn't for me. Like, this isn't the brick wall that I wanted to run into. This game is charming up until that point you know like it's great mm-hmm. it's it's cute it's charming until you hit the point to where you get stuck and then it's frustrating because the solution isn't i don't know what i'm doing the solution is oh i missed one dumb thing and i'm my penalty for that is you know ha- having to redo an entire dungeon and you know retrace my steps in the world map so i was just really bummed that i couldn't find myself enjoying that at all <laughs> that's that that sucks yeah. yeah the only the reason that I recommend it so highly is just that by chance I never ran into that situation. I managed to find all the things on the way there and so I had a I beat every boss on my first try and the game flowed very nicely. But if you don't do that, then you're kinda up shit creek. Yeah, it's it's a real bummer too. Like if they um, would just let you use items and bosses, they would have fixed it. That would have fixed it. I think the um one thing I like is that the last two big boss fights um, aren't just get them de- get you both fight until what you have one HP and the boss is dead. Um, one of them you just can't beat, so you have to do a story thing on the side to take control of it. Uh-huh. And then the final boss, um, the final boss is really cool. It's not a straight. It's not really a fight. You just um, there's a bunch of cool scripted things that happen, and it. Um, you probably aren't really missing anything. Just if you don't finish the game from now, you probably got the bulk of its charm. But I think you should watch the final boss fight on YouTube since I think that was kind of a highlight. Will do. Will do. So, uh, John, uh, just a question. Uh, is, is every fight in this game like you just barely survive the thing with a sliver of health left? Every, every boss fight is. It gets kind of silly. It's like, oh. Look at Man, that. I, I don't know how I feel about that because from the from the from the video you did, it sounds like the prince you start off as is a real weakling. You can't be this prince friend. It doesn't sound like there's much progression. Like, oh no, you, you get all, a bunch of heart containers and yeah, but every fight you, you win by the skin of your teeth. There's no point where you like beat the bot, beat these guys to a bloody pulp in like two hits, and you don't. It seems like you don't feel like you're getting stronger, even though you technically are. If you get you run into norm, you run into enemies from previously in the game, and then they just bounce away. You don't even fight them like Earth. Okay, that 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 yeah. that, that does the normal yeah, enemies. They have that progression. Yeah, yeah just normal like, enemies have progression, but every boss that I faced was basically you're going to win with like a half a heart left every okay. time. So and you, and I, you have I, to go I, in with, and you have to go in full health, or you're not going. That's to win. okay, I guess. Okay. Yeah, as long as you man, as long as you find all the things, and it's a perfectly nice experience. And I'm really glad that they don't do, put a wall like that during the final boss or leading up to the final boss, because that would suck. Oh, that would blow. Mm. But it, it that's a <laughs> shitty design design decision, absolutely, and like, it makes can, sense that ruined your experience. Mm-hmm. I can understand being really enthusiastic about a game and suggesting it to a friend, and then them not liking it because I made you play Worm on NES and you hated the shit. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, it really wasn't very good at all. We, we've all we've <laughs> all not- made that we've all made those recommendations of a game where we're just like, we're super into it and we think, oh man, I want you to play this because I want you to have the good time that I did and then it's just like, oh no. 
Yeah. Everybody should play Dark Souls. Oh lord. <laughs> oh no, no. But hey, Boner Boner's doing good and I'm super happy that he, he beat he, like two of the four uh, Lord Soul bosses, didn't he? Uh, we're not supposed to tell you. We're not supposed to say anything yet. Uh, but uh, you know he got past Ornstein and Smo, and I think that once you do that, you know you're well on your way to having that game pretty much figured you're, out. You're in the clear there. He he, he beat Bed of Chaos, which ugh. yeah, Woo, mm-hmm. Bed of Chaos. That, that's yeah. a, that's John a thing. has no idea what any of these things are. You you you're I, I I think I actually know that entire game just start to finish just through oh. osmosis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Much. Oh yeah. Well, you, his you, brother you was a big fan, I believe. Oh, so. my brother played them yeah. pieces. All oh, both okay. of, all three of them. Yeah. yeah. So you, I got to watch him play pieces, it a bunch. But you just try and beat that game, and you'll see that. Yeah, I'll play it at some point. Pieces. Yeah. So for the I'm, I'm gonna hold holes, you that, John. I guess maybe you could try it. Um, if you're gonna play it for the first time, you could maybe look at a fact to see which ones aren't on the way. They put a lot of um, heart containers and stuff directly on the critical path. Like you yeah. have to walk through them. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's just a handful that are sm- like put under a rock or something. I think as long as you know that you can screw yourself over by not being pretty thorough exploring. Um, the only time that I found exploring to be pretty taxing was in the um, main main dungeon, main hub dungeon. Yeah. And I didn't explore that super thoroughly, and I still turned out okay. Um, so as long as you're going from town to town, you'll probably and exploring the area around there and looking under trees and stuff, you'll probably be okay. I, I liked what that game did with its very simple mechanics. Like, it looks yeah. to me like <clears throat> it takes its very simple set of mechanics and does really fun things with it. Like, even just, like, being able to push blocks, I, I ran into a few puzzles that were, like, that made me really stop and think because it's just like, okay, there's these two blocks. Okay, I've just got to move. Mm. One where wait. you have to push the block halfway off. Yeah, it's like, oh, really wait, I can do that? And, that? and that was really clever, and I felt really smart for figuring that out. So, But yeah, if you know going in that you can screw yourself and that you really need to be thorough searching, um, mm. you can probably have a much better time than I did. Like, maybe mm. if I can go, like, maybe if I take some time away from it and come back at it, you know, at a later date, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and if but, not, like I said, you're probably not, I'm not missing, missing a much. lot. Just, yeah. just watch the final boss fight on YouTube because it's as a Game Boy game, it's like super well scripted and well done. It's like when I when I watch Chrono Trigger after playing a bunch of Game Boy games, and then you see all the things like Chrono jumping into the um, the dragon tank and stabbing it after the fight, little moments like that. Yeah, those really cool scripted moments that you yeah, don't have control about of. Yeah, that. that's really cool. <clears throat> yeah, and the final boss fight is really clever at that too. There's one moment where. It, just introduce where it has like a little action beat that's kind of cute and clever, and um, it's a neat fight. It one where it swallows other enemies, and then oh uh, yeah, just just watch it on YouTube. I will. It's really I, cute. I'll, I'll just I'll just YouTube the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, it swallows a bunch of soldiers as they're turned into frogs. Oh. After they've been turned into frogs, but then the bell tolls, and they are all turned into humans. Oh lord! And then start attacking the, the inside. It's great. That could that, that could pose a problem. <laughs> yeah, so it's really funny and well done. Also, it starts off and you walk in and it's just like this little weak weak snake that you kill and one that you kill really quickly and you're like, that wasn't much of a final boss fight, they say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a cool game. It's a cool um, climax. Cool. And your experience with it is absolutely valid. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, uh, the last game I played is a game that I've been looking forward to since about mid- middle of last year, and I finally got around to playing it because it was released recently, Gravity Ghost. This is a fun, pleasant, 
just wistful. Um, every like think of every word John uses to describe <laughs> games. Uh, transcendent. Transcendent. Oh, I was about to say transcendent. Uh, and this game is basically it. You 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 ju- like it's basically a very simple gravity based platformer where you know you can walk around on planets. It's it's in two D, uh, so you walk around planets and um, you jump and like each each planet type has a certain type of gravity pull to it. So it's like you know learning how to like work within like okay like the pull of this planet versus the pull of this planet and how can I use them to like shoot myself up to a different area um and the flying around just feels super good um I had just like it's full of whimsy like I sat around um like after beating it just the other day and was just like floating around in space infinitely because you know I had found a way to work with the gravity wells in such a way that I could just float around and enjoy myself and watch my you know my ridiculously long hair wrap around planets and stuff because you know you you collect star bits and stuff and it makes your hair longer and you use those to like pick up animals and bring them back to life and it's just got all of these cute little touches and um a cute little like inside the onion story going on where you start out and you really don't have any clue about what's going on or why things are the way you are or like why am i this weird ghosty girl flying around through space um uh it's a fun if predictive predictable little narrative though um and i think that uh despite what others have said on twitter and stuff i think the voice acting is really well done um uh what else about gravity ghost um it's got uh some cool power-ups that you can use to augment uh you're just normal flying around ability. Like later on, you will get an ability to sort of like add weight to yourself to pull yourself to different planets quicker. Um, you can make yourself, you know, like less prone to gravity, uh, and you can terraform planets. Um, once you get uh, to a certain point of the game, you can like land on a planet and walk around it, and you can turn it into a specific type of planet. So if you're like standing on an ice planet where you, you're like just sliding around and shit. Uh, you could, like, turn it into a fire planet, which will, you know, like, which has completely different properties, and it's really just a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's no death, it's just, you know, grab the star, get to the end of the world kind of thing. There are, like, I think 94 levels uh, total. Um, and it was just a super pleasant little experience that I think is totally worth having, because who doesn't like just floating around and enjoying themselves, right? It sounds lovely. It is. Yeah, that sounds super nice. Yeah, it's just a really nice game. Like the visuals are, you know, really unique. Um, the the music is fantastic. I would highly recommend playing that game uh, with headphones on. Actually, I really like what they did with the soundscape of that game and how sort of like the the subtle ambiance of the world feels. At, you know, as it's married to uh, the soundtrack itself, it's just a, a really solid concise experience it'll take you know two or three hours to run through everything um and you know if you want to like piddle around and get the achievements you know that's completely valid but you don't have to you don't i I don't even believe you have to complete every uh level to see the end of the game either it's just i felt compelled to because i wanted to play around in every world and mess around with all the powers that i had in every way you know that i could 
you know, see possible. Like, I want to go in, I want to grab all the star bits, or I want to go in and, like, you know, I like I wanted to rescue all the animals as soon as I started the game, and I rescued the first animals. Like, oh, well, that's going to be a goal of mine. I'm going to rescue all of the animals, and I'm not going to leave a world until I rescue both animals in that world. Um, so, yes, Gravity Ghost. Just highly recommended. Just a fun little game that uh, it's just lighthearted. Um, and it's got a fun little story with it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just generally pleasant and enjoyable. And, like, I couldn't have asked for... You know, the, the game was basically everything I wanted it to be. And I'm really happy that it turned out the way it did. That's really cool. nice. Cool. And that's about all I've been up to. So uh, I can see... Huh? Can I ask something? Yes. It's like, are the powers you're getting that you unlock, do they, like, carry between levels? Yeah. So yeah. could you, like, go back to the start and have everything and be able yeah. to, like, terraform planets there? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's re- it's really cool. You know, like, once you've got a power, you've got it forever. Um, and, um, you know, once you've completed all of the worlds, there's not a whole lot of reason to go back to it unless you just kind of want to play around with seeing how far you can fling yourself out or, you know, or, you know, there like I said, there are achievements for, like, really dumb things. Like, oh, I was like, here, make... 12 ice planets or something. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I got the feeling that they just kind of put all that in there to maybe artificially lengthen the game, but none of it is necessary. Like, even terraforming planets. Um, I wish that it was actually more necessary um, to terraform planets because I didn't find myself needing to do it a lot. Um, and I mostly did it just to, you know, amuse myself in ways just to see how I could make, you know, the pools of gravity mess around with one another. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I'll make a cool bouncy planet, you know, and then another planet that will suck me in really fast and it'll, it'll look, re- <laughs> it'll look really dumb as soon as I get pulled into it. Um, but yeah, that's just a fun and pleasant little game and I, I would totally recommend it. Yay. Any cool. other, any, I'll definitely any, check that one out. any other questions about that? Sounds like a lot of fun. I really should. How, how much is it? Um, I think um, it's. I think it's fourteen ninety nine, which I think is a bit much uh, for what it offers. I think it is just a a little on the short side to be wanting fifteen bucks for it. Yeah, it's um, a two or three hour game, something like you said. Yeah, but I I, I still feel that um, it was definitely worth it. Um, and you know, I look back on it and think, yep. That was a pleasant little. It was evening. ever on sale sometime, probably. Definitely, Worth definitely. Thinking. I don't know. Games on Steam don't go on sale that much. Yeah, yeah you've got a good point there. <laughs> all right, yeah. So that's all I've been up to. Um, I can see John over there. Uh, he's chomping at the bit. I bet he's wanting to talk about something. Uh, don't you, John? What you What you want to talk yeah. about? What you well, want to talk I'm about? Looking, I'm looking at the script for the episode. And under my name, all you have is, um, you just have John, and then you have the word CRAP spelled out in all caps. Oh, did I do that? Huh. Why would I? Well, that's that's mostly accurate, but I do have um, one cool game that I don't think is crap that I think y'all might like, too. What you got? I spent a bunch of time digging into a salt suit Vulcan. Oh, Oh, right. Awesome. I'm already already proud of you. Cybernator. I have uh, heard of this game, but I have not actually played it. You okay. should! And let it's John really tell you why. Okay, All right, John, so This is an action game um, where you are a mech, and everything about the game is... It plays kind of like Contra. It's a run-and-gun game. But it's very heavy. But everything about it is meant to make you feel like you are in a mech, 
and you're blowing up other mechs and everything is big and cool and weighty. Oh man, there's so much. Like I love the sense of weight in uh, in all of those games. They just have this incredible sense of just like it, it like just for 2D sprites. It's amazing. Uh, and, and it's just like, I don't know how they do it. It's just. There's so many little touches, too. Like how if you shoot walls, they actually have like little markings on the side. Yeah, yeah. And they don't go away. Like it's got like environment deformity, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Enemies um, um, will like parachute out of mechs after you shoot them, like little human sized enemies. Yeah. And then and when you're getting closer to the final base, like humans will run up and shoot at you with anti aircraft guns or something. And you just like stomp and just shoot stomp over them. Um, um, the uh, right before the final boss, this is actually cut out of the American release. You um, storm into the main like headquarter courtroom of the um, president of this country you're at war with, and he like yells at you for a second and then stands up and shoots himself. Yes, and what? He's a teeny tiny pixelated sprite, and he just blows his brains out, and it's like super dramatic. I didn't Are find out about that until years later, but it was just Ugh. like, oh my god, that's pretty crazy. I know, and then you go and fight this their super ultimate weapon, and um, oh my god! So there's all these people are just talking at you constantly, yeah, um, way more than in the U.S. release. And unlike in the U.S. release, it doesn't pause the action to do the dialogue; it just has it kind of overlaying at the bottom, yeah, like Star Fox. And it's really cool, and you get like this cool sense of weight and personality to the proceedings. It's like they really wanted to give you, like, the full kind of Gundam experience. Yeah, and it's just so, like, the thing that just amazes me still is that it's a 2D game and it accomplishes that. Mm -hmm. Like, this 2D game with physics physics and politics and everything. It's great. Just playing those games, like, I remember just, like, the first time I sat down with Cybernator and it was just, like, I'd never felt anything like it before because it's so labored and heavy and you move really slow. Even when you're dashing, it's not the fastest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have all these cool options. You've got a shield. You've got an awesome freaking punch you can power up to just go. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, the punch is so good. And yeah, all the weapons are great, and they all have this tons of weight to them. And you don't, you can't, you can change, you can aim in like sixteen directions, but you have to like, it moves it kind of manually and slowly. Yeah, you can't just instantly change direction, and that goes so far in making that sense of weight. I think. Think uh, like uh, Contra the arcade game, and how Mm -hmm. like your shots kind of arc as you're aiming. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, that game. It's like probably like an hour long action game mm-hmm. and you have limited continues so i've been kind of plugging away at it getting better at it so that hopefully i'll be able to beat it legit- one life legitimately well. for so long i think you have one life per continue as well don't you one life per continue yeah. but a pretty generous health bar yeah like yeah cross game on the super nintendo so well, yeah sounds, that's oh man it sounds really great if, i want to give it a shot uh, it's it's Another kind game. Of amazing. <laughs> if, if if you want more like that, uh, I bought a game on Steam a while ago called Armored Hunter Gunhound X, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It captures a lot of that same feeling. Uh, it's all. It feels a lot more hardcore than Cybernator, um, but I actually really like it. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, that game. So kicks uh, ass. definitely go for Assault Suit Vulcan over Cybernator. Just yeah, there's a yeah. translated patch. It's easy to apply, and it, there's no downside. <laughs> okay. 
I yeah. guess that's the one. Oh, I, I guess I played on ZSNES with the translation patch, and there was a couple moments where um, the geometry was a little glitched. I don't mm. know if that is true on BSNES or any of the other emulators. Um, and there was only one time where I got stuck because of it, oh, but it was and, really and, aggravating. And that game, uh, like along with just like the physics and the weight, it looks and sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it's, like I, it, it reminds me a bit of sort of like uh, the atmosphere and design sense of maybe Axelay. Oh my yeah. god! I love Axelay so much. You uh-huh. don't know. I love Axelay too. I think we all do. Everybody on this podcast yeah. loves Axelay. <laughs> yeah, that game. Yeah, that's my favorite SNES shmup. Easy. Same. Cyber- Cybernator is a Konami game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. They both made. So they both got made that it? prestige. Uh, yeah, yeah. Konami was just on fire uh, in that era. Just mm-hmm. yeah. I think the one thing with Cybernator is that it feels really hard at first. After, like, level three or four, it starts feeling like this is really fucking tough. Oh, God. But, even, uh, le- even level two beat my ass Oh uh, yeah, when I first got the game. Because, like, I bought that game sight unseen. I just, like, I, like, looked at the back and was like, oh, it's just a Konami game. It's a running gunner. I'm on board. And, yep. yeah, it beat my ass the first night or so that I had it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I've, I, I got a lot better at it once I started using the shield regularly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Because you have to just kind of move forward and then figure pull, put up the shield and wait for the enemies to like figure out their patterns basically so that you can be shielding shoot jump move shield jump move you can't shield in the air either so you have to be kind of careful about oh. when you're jumping and hovering mm-hmm. oh it's it's really good yeah, <laughs> sounds so good John. It is. I, it I is it's, it's exactly as good as per se it's just yeah. this thing that does everything it tries to do really well I can't. I, I'm. I'm nuts. That it's nuts that people don't talk about it more. I and, think. And the people yelling at you, you know, constantly with the dialogue boxes coming up all the time. It just it adds a lot to the tension because all the levels are generally fairly short. It's very. I mean, it's oh, a, yeah. It's about the length of an arcade game, and it feels and looks like one. Um, but it's just like it, it just has this bombast to it that is mm-hmm. just. It, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like kind of like with Star Fox. How you have this kind of rail shooter thing that's pretty normal down to earth but then you add all this kind of character and cool stuff to it and that adds a lot mm-hmm. so yeah that, that game is just kind of amazing top to bottom did you play any of the Genesis I didn't um, play um, Target Earth Assault Suit Linos I haven't played the Saturn sequel Assault Suit Linos 2 Linos is really freaking hard <laughs> I mean, it is way it is way more difficult than Cybernator, just by mm-hmm. degrees. Gotcha. I might go straight from straight to um, Linus Two, the Saturn one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a Tactics Vulcan Two on the PlayStation One, which is weird. If I, apparently, a lot of people who worked on Assault Suit Vulcan went on to work on Front Mission, which makes a lot of sense. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, if there's a Tactics game Vulcan Two, I'd probably just I'll probably just try out Front Mission. <laughs> I liked Front Mission. I thought it was pretty good. Neat. But, um, yeah, I'll probably play that one, Linus 2, and then maybe Linus 1 if I need the fix. Or that one you were talking about on Steam. Yeah, I would go for that over any of the Genesis games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I really like Gunhound X. It's, it's, it's fast, it's snappy, but it's still got all of the stuff that you really like from Cybernator. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so, um, any other thoughts on Cybernator? That game's just I highly really, recommend I really, really want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> What's which which is the level where like the spaceship you're in like crashes to Earth? 
Uh, four, like, I think. And yeah. all of your characters are like burning in the atmosphere and you're shooting these other enemy mechs. But then um, they retreat, except one of their things, parachute, doesn't work. Yep. So that you set, tell your friends, quick, save this guy. And they're like, but he's the enemy. <laughs> I don't care. And yeah, that, then, game's, that game's got an over-the-topness to it and, and a flow from beginning to end. That uh-huh. it's, it tells a story, you know, it tells a story even without blabbing much uh, about mm-hmm. the actual. But it's just like it just goes and goes and goes and goes. The blab blabber just adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And then the just, final boss is like you're you and your you are just yelling with this ca- recurring character through the game, just like yelling back and forth at each other as you're sh- pummeling. And that's fun as shit. And you, um, there's one where you have another guy who's just in a mech just like yours, and you just go back, and, you, and you're, like, in this main um, political office, and you just go at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally everything that, like, Reet likes, I think, in video games. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. playing, I got, like, serious Hunter's vibes from it, just, like, kind of condensed and with a really high budget. Yeah. Just that stage where, like everything's on fire and you're crashing into earth like as mm-hmm. a kid i was just like this is the coolest shit ever yeah i can't get i can't get past level five but level four <laughs> is the coolest shit ever because oh, after that like you crash into earth and it gets way hard oh yeah and i couldn't get past any of that stuff mm-hmm. but man level four level two is pretty good too yeah yeah the asteroid stuff mm-hmm. oh man i just remember okay. replaying that over and over but not being able to get further oh mm. There's yeah, a like, there's like a there's super like shmup sections combined with the running gun stuff. And there's which like is also super U. There's this crazy superpower weapon you can get. Um, oh, for finishing <laughs> like, by finishing the first stage by only beating the boss, um, you oh. unlock you unlock a, a special weapon that once it's powered up, it basically like one or two shots everything in the game. Mm, that might be nice because it's hard, and I need <laughs> yeah. to beat. I want to beat it at least once. It's hard to get. It's hard to get through stage one and not destroying anything. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, and I don't think you can collect any power ups either because mm-hmm. you, you have to get to the boss with a score of zero. Oh, jeez, rough. But yeah, that's that's a good way to get through the game. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. practice pr- practice getting through stage one, and then you know, <laughs> get this badass fuck you gun. Oh, that's cool. I just love the punch, though. Like I, I like anytime. I, I haven't played with the punch enough. I, oh, I really so liked good. it the first. I really liked it when I on the first playthrough, but then I um I couldn't beat the boss with it because I didn't level it up properly. Mm. And um, so then I got then I just went to the, for the Vulcan the um the regular gun and it worked. And then I just powered that up for the yeah. rest of the game. Yeah, any weapon choice you take is good, though. They're all mm-hmm. they're you know they're not situational. It's mostly like like how do I want to play this? And like anytime I played through it with just the punch, it felt so good, which is so cool. Yeah, and there's a lot of like um, going really up close with the enemies, so that it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, what a cool game! Yep. All right, so after that, I played a game that um, Probably no one on the podcast will actually like. Oh, man. Is this another one of those weird-ass indie things you're always talking about that nobody's uh, no. ever heard of? No, I start, I played uh, I'm play about two-thirds through um, Final Fantasy Legend 3. Mm. Oh, boy. Yay! Uh, so this is the saga game that's not actually a saga game. It's the saga game by the Mystic Quest team. <laughs> oh, it's, God. It's, the saga game. it's not even a saga game. It's just like... Akitoshi Kawazu went on to make Romancing Saga, and then somebody said, took this team and said, you make Saga 3, and then it was their first game, and then after that they went and made Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. 
So, I still like Mystic Quest, whatever. Well, I mean... Well, you're objectively wrong, but everybody can have opinions. Well, the um, composer for Saga 3 is the same person who composed Saga... who composed Mystic Quest. Mm. Um, and the music's pretty pretty fucking solid. Yeah, got me there. Mystic I, Quest's music is, like, the so best part of good. it. so good. Yeah, so the good. music's phenomenal. <laughs> Even people who don't like Mystic Quest are like, man, that music, though. Yeah. I can like hear it in my I head. I mean that that is sort of oh. like like for me Mystic Quest soundtrack is sort of like the definition of early really good SNES music. Yeah. Cuz Mystic yeah. Quest was like 1992. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't abuse those like trumpet samples. It's just chunky and cool. Yeah, and it's not afraid okay. to go for and it's not afraid to go for the guitar in a fantasy setting either. Oh man! It's got some mm-hmm. really slick guitar samples and some really great soloing. I mm-hmm. really enjoy that kind of stuff. I remember listening to the final boss music, and it's great because like the first eight seconds are like super kind of cliche, um, ominous tones that sound like any generic Super Nintendo game, and then it just starts chunking out this guitar solo <laughs> for yes. the rest of the final boss fight, and it loops back to that, and it's just the best thing. Uh, but Final <laughs> Fantasy Legend three. Um, is a, is a much better game than Mystic Quest, I think. Um, it it's a very functional Japanese RPG. Um, there's time travel, and you get a time machine, and you go back in time to the past and the future. And if you collect a treasure chest in the past, and then go to the future, it's not there anymore. So you want to not collect the treasure chests in the past and then collect them when you go to the future when hey, they'll this, be much more powerful. Yeah. This sort of sounds like some other game I played, but I can't quite, I can't quite remember what it was, though. Yeah. Look, there was another game that had that kind of mechanic. Oh, this came out oh I know. That. It was Live Alive. <laughs> <laughs> so this game came out before that other game, so that it probably inspired that other game. That's a good point. Um, so it's so Saga 3 is really functional. Um, it has, it has um, Saga 1 and 2 had very short um, boss fights, kind of like old NES RPGs, where they kind of just beat you really hard, and you hit really hard and try not to die, and then after like four or five turns, it ends. Mm. Saga 3's boss fights will be like five or six minutes. Like, oh. go for like 20 or 30 rounds, and it, it's more like the back and forth attrition thing Wait, hang on, that John, characterizes... Did, yeah? Didn't Saga 2's final boss take you like a long time? It was like a real war of attrition? No, no, it pretty much just beats the hell out of you and you try to beat it as quick as you can oh okay i thought uh, for some reason it just it, it has like three different phases fight. so yeah. each one of those phases is like a short punchy boss fight okay okay um so saga 3 has the drawn out kind of more dramatic structure um of something like chrono trigger or um final fan or the later final fantasies um and it's pretty good at doing that you go from place to place there's a story thing where you talk to people and dramatic things happen um, except it's just not that interesting. It like the story isn't. I don't connect that much with the story, and I don't connect that much with the setting and the characters and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just as far as like mechanics go, it's just like completely functional and normal. Um, there's some UI problems with it that kind of bug me, but I got over those pretty quick. Um. But it's just kind of bland, um, m- much less so the Mystic Quest. I think like Mystic Quest actually has the structure with the four crystals and the four elemental he- bosses, except they're kind of boring looking, and it's much more egregious there. I think the blandness in that game is a lot more offensive. Mm. Um, 
but I there's just nothing really to connect me with Saga 3. It's like everything that I kind of like about Saga 3 is done better in other JRPGs that came later or around the same time. Mm. Um, so there's nothing about it that makes me go want to scream to the heavens. This is this is this is transcendent. Blah, blah, blah. There we go. And, I don't know. I'm like comparing it in my head to Saga One, which is just an abstract, ambiguous, hard weird game. thing. Yeah, yeah, hard game. And and from the sound of it, Saga Three is just an, a JRPG, a typical JRPG with some time. And it's probably the best in. one on the system. I mean, every oh all of the better JRPGs are like either are weird. Like it's the best like generic traditional JRPG on the system because like the other ones are like Pokemon or Saga One and Two. Or Dragon Final Quest. Fantasy Adventure, uh, not, not counting Game Boy Color, um, because Dragon Quest wasn't on the Game Boy, so you can't count that. Dragon Quest Monsters was there, but that's Pokemon. Mm. Um, so there's a bunch of better ja- Japanese RPG type things, but none of them are like that style, you know, yeah. kind yeah. of yeah. traditional and conservative and just hitting all the notes of the form. And ugh. I see what you're saying. It's just, like it. it's yeah. so. It's not a saga game. It's, it's not it, a saga game. It's, you, I mean, you want I kn- that Kawazu weirdness and that signature. Mm. Like, I, think, I don't like the series that much, but if I was into it and I played these games, I know I'm there for just the weirdness and just mm-hmm. the complete abstract, esoteric <clears throat> design. Um, and like for yeah. a game to be that straightforward but bear the saga name would just be like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so like, if I'm not going to judge it as a saga game, then I have to judge it by the standards I judge other jrpgs and by those standards it's just kind of a thing it's kind of bland i'll probably finish it later and i mean if i'm gonna fit play it to completion um then that means it's worth more worthwhile than a lot of the lot of them but so if a person really connects with saga 3 i've seen a few people who love that game to bits that's cool um i just don't have anything that i played final fantasy 4 i played chrono trigger We've Saga seen, 3 does we've seen Saga 3 best, has nothing to offer me. Yeah, we've basically. seen the best of traditional RPG by that point. Exactly. There's not Saga 3 doesn't mm-hmm. do anything special. <laughs> um so I started playing con- this concurrently because Saga 3 was disappointing me so much I was determined to like drop it and then I started romancing Saga for the Super Nintendo with um the trans- new translation patch. Oh my god, you've just gone all in on this. I, I, I like played Saga 1 in November, and then it's like, okay, that's pretty great. Maybe I'll play another one sometime. Uh, well, <laughs> I played 2, and I oh, that game's really fucking good. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so two, so Saga 2 is good. Saga 3 is... It doesn't have, that, it doesn't have that Kawazu spark to it. Yeah, you so, can just... it's You can just not think of it as a Saga game. Play it if you want to play... A, Time traveling Jimmy and his friends. So, okay, tell us about Romantic Saga. That one actually has yeah. the Kawazu brand to it, and this is where the uh, series started gaining its legs and stuff. I think does it introduce mm-hmm. like life points and that sort of thing too? No, I don't think life points are in this one. And um, basically, Romantic Saga is super duper 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 different from Saga One and Two. Um, mm-hmm. It's very open ended. Like, the game actually literally progresses just by, like, you doing random quests for different people. And then after a certain point, after you've played enough of them, it just opens up the end of the game. And then you just don't do the end of the game. Like, I think, I think uh, Saga Frontier has a similar structure. Because I remember playing that game, and a lot of it just seems like 
go do this quest, go do this quest, go do this quest, go do this mm-hmm. quest. Okay, now this character's end game is open. Mm-hmm. And so it's not linear, but it's also um, a lot less, it's less demanding in a couple of ways than Saga 1 and 2 because there's no weapon durability. Mm. Um, the weapons go on indefinite, can, you can use the weapons indefinitely. Mm. Interesting. Um, which, which makes it less demanding because essentially now in Romancing Saga you can grind. Um, you can't grind in Saga 1 and 2, which is, or you can't easily grind in Saga 1 and 2, which is kind of the cool thing about them. The hell you can't grind in Saga 1, tell that to me. You can, but it's just not really required and definitely not encouraged thanks to the nature of the system. Um, I suppose. And Romancing Saga is a very different experience so far. It's very ugly and unpleasant to listen to and behold. (laughs) It kind of looks like, I saw the one or two screenshots, it kind of looks like the the Final Fantasy V. It looks like Final Fantasy V as interpreted by a mid-tier RPG maker game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, no. it's got a very ugly look to it. It's not just the tiles, it's also like the architecture. Like, yeah. There's lots of big open spaces that don't make sense. Um, it's just remarkably ugly um, to look at. And the battle system, um, the battle system is interesting because your relationship to uh, enemies in space and your rows is very important. There are three different rows. Swords can only hit from the first row. Spears can hit from the second and the first, and bows can hit from all three. And enemies can't hit you with the melee moves in, if you're in the second or third rows too. And you can move, take a turn to move forward and backward. Um, and you can set up to six characters, but only three in each row. Um, and if there are enemies on the screen and like, you know how in earthbound you, you hit enemies on the screen instead of random encounters, mm-hmm. romancing saga is like that, except on a grid and with like 15 times as many enemies, they just fucking swarm you. It's like wow. the anti, it's like playing earthbound, but with the anti-piracy measures activated. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> um, kind of crazy. So they go by, the fights go by pretty quickly, thankfully. Um, and I, I played it through about two dungeons. I played it for about two and a half hours. Um, and just because um, of the nature of the series, I'm, very, I'm still kind of engaged with it. Like, I'm still ready to keep pushing forward and kind of unearth the, the kernels of interest that are, I've, I'm pretty convinced, are at the center of all of these games. I mean, because... Um, I remember, again, with Saga 1, I mean, that game sort of yeah, starts that, off rather generic, but then once you get to, like, World 3 and 4, it really starts to, like, open up its... First two hours of Saga 1, my experiences were pretty um, just bewildering and miserable. And I, I just I kept pushing at it. I can relate to that. So, Romancing Saga is very trying and weird in a way that's unlike any other Super Nintendo game I played, and it's also just <laughs> very garish. Um, the romancing, but I'm still kind of excited to keep playing it. And um, I know there's a lot of people who are playing alongside me, and it, the the walkthrough on GamePack scared me because the the guy who wrote the walkthrough couldn't beat the final boss. Good lord! But, hey, uh, I'm <laughs> but he played it in Japanese, and he couldn't read Japanese. He was basing it off of other scripts and translation, oh, and he I couldn't see. figure out the final boss from there. Um, people in the forums are talking about just already having beaten the final boss with the um, English patch. And also, there's a lot of ways you can kind of break the game. It's very buggy, kind of like um, Saga 1. Um, 
So what I'm expecting is that this game won't be like great or transcendent in the same way um, as Saga 2 or maybe Saga 1. What I'm expecting is that it'll be a very interesting rough draft for the experiences created in Saga and Romancing Saga 2 and 3 and eventually in like Saga Frontier. Um, and then you and can I'm, get to I'm Unlimited Saga. <laughs> so I'm experiencing Romancing Saga as that and I'm I'm appreciating it as a rough draft basically. It's really interesting to see how the series evolved. Like I mean the, the first game really sold me so it's curious to see how it, like moved on over the years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that's just been my experience with Romancing Saga, and obviously, I'm a hell of a lot more engaged with it than Saga Three, even though that game's probably better ultimately. Um, yeah. It's that Kawazu chair. Yeah, so Romancing Saga is probably a rough draft, and so, from what I hear, Romancing Saga Three is pretty much amazing, um, according just as saga for Saga fans, and Romancing Saga Two we can't play in English yet. So, but people like that one too, because in that one, you play as like, um, ancestral lines of people, kind of like Fantasy Star 3, but in a, hopefully better. (laughs) Oh, don't talk to me about Fantasy Star 3. Yeah, obviously that game's blah, but Romancing Saga 2 does that, and by all accounts, it works really nicely, and kind of fluidly, and it fits into the open world, non-linear nature of the series that starts in Romancing Saga. Romancing Saga is... Saga two, Saga 1 is great, but weird and um, unrefined. Saga 2 is a really solid refinement of that vision. Romancing Saga is kind of a new vision. So they just um, had to refine that vision. So do you want Romancing Saga 2 to be like regular Saga 2? Yeah. And, and then there's two more, and then since I can't play Romancing Saga 2 next, I'll probably skip straight to Saga Frontier. And then when the two patch comes out, I'll play um, Romancing Saga 2 and 3. But, you know, these games can be taxing to play. So this is like this oh, is yeah. like my five-year plan. This is a long-term, like, we this got is a goals. long-term investment. This was not my intention when I said, hey, let's all play Final Fantasy Legend. Mm, Five-year, <laughs> more like five-month, knowing you. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be, I'll, pl- I'll play all those. I'll probably, and Unlimited Saga is really pretty, even if it's probably bad. Um, I've played then, a bit of Unlimited Saga, and I'm honestly scared of it. <laughs> Isn't everything about that game completely random? Like, even, like, down to what attacks Opening you do? Opening treasure chests? Something like, like you yeah, it's like, open treasure I under, chests. like... I understand what they're going for. They're going for, like, a tabletop sort of thing. Because yeah. Kawazu is, like, a big tabletop fanatic. So the idea is, like... It's a slot machine, uh-huh. and you a, a roulette wheel, and you like either get a really good result or you get like a bad result, and the chest chest is trapped. But there's skills that you can use to like increase the odds of getting a good icon on your reel or whatever. <laughs> there, I, I I watched like a whole series of video tutorials on the game on YouTube, so I got a pretty good grasp of what you're supposed to do. But nevertheless, it's still kind of daunting esoteric as all f i uh, i really really want to dig into it but i just need to have the mm. motivation and the time and not be afraid of it just just go in there don't worry about no unwinnable state nonsense and just mm-hmm. do it and by all accounts um romancing saga the ps minstrel song the ps2 remake of romancing saga one is kind of like where the series like hit where 
wasn't as esoteric and incomprehensible as Unlimited Saga. It still captures that spirit and it meshes that into kind of a complete package with a great Kenji Ito soundtrack and a cool look. And for, by all accounts, it's probably one of the best ones in the series. And that was the last one. So that's they, really they're, they're coming out with a Vita game. Hi, yeah, Which, potentially. Um, I'm so happy. I want it. Yeah, that's we, really awesome. We did this. We did this. So, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> So it's cool that this series um, went out for like 10, 12 years on such a high on a high note after never really losing track of itself, except for like Saga 3 um, and just kept experimenting with new things and doing new things and refining old things. It's just a neat series. I'm really glad that I'm digging into it and I can completely understand why it wouldn't connect with some people. Cool. Uh, Saga 2 is probably the one I'd recommend just because it's linear, so you can kind of just focus on the systems and figuring those that shit out. And it's just instantly, it's kind of instantly fun in a way that the other ones haven't been so far. Um, but yeah, that's the daily Saga cast. The, the Saga update. I'm so sorry again for this. I didn't mean this to happen. I'm having a really nice time. <laughs> and eventually I'll probably, and then... It's kept me thinking about how much I like these kind of games that are kind of... Um, I find Austin kind of coined the term monoliths <laughs> for oh, games man. that um, are just not really trying to um, invite you in. They kind of want you to peel away at them and figure them out. like Kind of like Problematic or even Dark Souls. Or, Dark Souls, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, okay. I do like, like games like that, though. Or should, probably Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne or R-Type or... Um, just all these games that I really like. Um, all have that I'm, layer of you need to kind of engage with it on a level a little deeper than you would a normal experience. Mm-hmm. Versus something like Chrono Trigger, which we um, Anna replayed this week. And oh. we've had a blast blazing through, which is which, just kind of very, very kindly, gently designed to guide you through this story in a very natural way. Right. And that's a different kind of design. It's something for the frog that the bell tolls kind of tries to do, um, and and um, and that's beautiful. That's also beautiful in its own way. Mm-hmm. So um, also, I went on Forest Ambassador a co- um, over the last couple of days and played a bunch of games. Um, the only um, I really like Terry Kavanaugh's new game, where you make a bunch of signs and you're trying to outsell. Um, this other guy on the street corner selling hot dogs. Uh, grab them by the eyes. Grab them by the eyes. And it was just hella fun. And I made a sign that said dicks. That was yes! going up and down. So yeah. that was great. That's the best sign. Yeah. So shout out to Forest Ambassador. Just showing a bunch of cool games, including one of ours. So that's nice. <laughs> Yay. Um, that's it. Cool. So, I guess, uh, with John out of the way, we can move on to uh, the man who's still playing every freaking video <laughs> game under the sun. I've got to ask, though, are, do you have Peter Molyneux's balls off of your mind yet, or are those still oh, just kind of hanging I'm around? I'm good now. I, I don't know what happened there. I'm fully here and awake now and not dreaming about his balls. <laughs> That's good. So, while we've... That's while not, we've, not <laughs> something that we can really blame you for dreaming about. While oh, we've nice. got your attention uh, away from that dreamy Molyneux fella, uh-huh. um, what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks? 
Uh, I have been up to a whole lot <laughs> somehow. As, as we've come to expect oh. this year. <laughs> uh, I saw the band Bush in concert. Really? My dad is They're actually, still around. That's crazy. They're, they're still around. They have a new album out pretty recently. They never really went... You know, they never really went on any long super hiatuses because, and you know, I think the last album I heard that they released was Golden State. Um, I they have a new one, yeah, that, that my dad's all about. Yeah, my dad is the Bush fan, so he's like, "Let's go see him in concert." But uh, I can imagine it being an all right show. Anytime that I've heard anything from them live, it sounded yeah. really good. Oh yeah, it was a really great show, which awesome. is kind of I'm bringing it up. But it's funny though because. I don't have any Bush CDs. I've never, like, listened to a full one start to finish. Mm-hmm. And in spite of that, I knew, like, practically every single song yeah, they played they probably the concert. Played, they probably played every single, like, Everything Zen, Glycerine. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of remarkable how hit after hit that concert yeah, was. They... It's just like, goddamn, like... It's yeah, like you don't like, hear about them anymore, but good lord, they were all over the radio uh, in the mid to late '90s and early 2000s. I mean, yeah, you know, Greedy Fly, um, Machine God, Head, Machine Head, which is a great song. I just that yeah. that that opening riff is just iconic. Yeah, um, that was they started the encore with that. I'm that's like, hell what, yeah, yeah. That's a hell of an like. I would either start the the entire show with that or start an encore with Machine Head because it's just such a good song. Um, if you're looking to, like, get into them, I would definitely say their first, uh, three or four albums are just, they're straight up, just front to back, really good. Mm-hmm. But, another thing in the show, though, there was this opening act that we didn't know was gonna be there that had a female singer mm-hmm. fronting it. The name of the band was Stars in Stereo, which is not a great name, kind of hard to remember. Mm-hmm. So, my dad was like, oh, they're so good, let's buy their CD. So he oh, buys their CD. no. Of course, and gets it autographed by them. And uh, we're listening to it, and it's like kind of off brand Paramore, basically. Yeah. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, and, boy. But uh, he's a big Paramore fan, so he's I like, can imagine. Oh, this is like a new Paramore album. <laughs> oh, great. But, uh, so this is. So I get home, and I'm like, I want to know more about this band for some reason. And apparently, the lead singer had a career in Japan before being in this band. Oh, no. Oh my god. <laughs> she started in 2008 or so under the name Becca. And she's oh! like. Oh! <laughs> oh! I see where you're okay. going with this now. Yeah, now we understand. <laughs> so, she has like a bunch of albums and singles in Japan. And then I'm looking through these, and one of them is like an anime version of her standing next to Hatsune Miku. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I Google Becca Miku and find this terrible music video of her, a computer animated version of her singing along with Miku. And I'm just like, wow. And like, it is very terrible. It's terrible. It's so awful. <laughs> it's oh like the days of stuff that happened in Japan, staying in Japan are over. <laughs> Ouch. I just couldn't believe because I'm just like thinking like this is some girl starting a band and like started for a career and just finding out this whole history. This whole dark history in Japan. <laughs> you can't Miku. hide You can't hide it. Oh my god. That was just not what I was expecting when I looked her up. Wow. See, see, all I'm thinking about when I hear the word Bush concert is that John still needs to listen to Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah. I think we lost John. Uh-oh. 
Anyways. Sorry, I was just taking a, I was just moving away for a second, and I needed to go to bed, and I was um, using the restroom. <laughs> Your opinions matter to me. I just needed to figure I didn't need to interrupt. <laughs> what? You didn't even hear that dig. No, I did. I, I heard, oh, you dig me? I said listen to Kate Bush. Yeah, I caught that. That's when I realized, oh, shit, they're going to want me to talk. I'm leaving this one in. I'm leaving this one in because you know what? This is is what we go through recording this fucking podcast is John just ducking out without saying a word or saying, hey, I need a break, and then coming back and be like, oh, no, I'm here in the middle of just what the fuck ever. (laughs) This is what we go through. If you're going to guest host on this podcast, this is like one rare fucking – backwoods baseball bullshit version of what we have to go through this on a, a very minuscule scale. This is a peek behind the curtain. Yes, this is inside <laughs> baseball. Yep. I could tell John wasn't there when I was telling the story, but I'm I like, could oh, I'll too. just keep going. <laughs> just go with it. He doesn't give a shit. Anyway. Anyway. Bush. Anyways. <laughs> yep. I, wa- I watched a lot of Japanese cartoons Oh boy. for once. Oh, uh, for once, huh? I'm oh. here. I'm listening. I haven't watched a lot of anime besides Korra, which was kind of anime. Yeah. 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 In all uh, the I, best ways. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was anime in the world. I, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, I'm not good at the sarcasm thing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I powered through a show called Terror in Resonance, which is the story of these two high school kids who are terrorists. Oh, lovely. Yep. It was... Uh, What's that animation block called? Noitama or whatever? Yeah. It was one of those kind of higher brow shows that's not trying to be the otaku bait. But uh, I like this show. It was kind of dragged a bit in the middle, but it was an easy watch. Like, I did the whole thing in two nights, 11 episodes. And with such lighthearted material as terrorism, I mean, it'd be easy to just roll through that. It's not there, like, a really good comedy that used that basis, just kind of like... Um, with three people who are terrorists, but then like being super human and understanding of how their situation, how they had been brought into that situation by their circumstances. I can't remember what it's called. I can maybe look for it. That's something else. This isn't a comedy, but this is more like, uh, okay. So, you know, you watch too much anime when I finish the show and I think that was kind of like death note meets, uh, Eden of the East. And I look on my anime list, and, like, the top two recommendations for, like, similar shows are, number one, Death Note. Number two, Eden of the East. Well, like, hey, it's, got, it's in good company. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it is, like, these two kids kind of planting bombs and teasing the police, and then the police have to kind of cat and mouse game, like, figure out their clues to where the bombs are going to be. I see. Kind of like the L thing in Death Note. Yeah. And are then, the, terrorists, the ki- terrorists are the main characters, right? Yeah. Okay. And then towards the end, it kind of gets into, like, what their message is, and it kind of reminded me of Eden of the East. Mm. Very similar in that way. I don't think it's as good as either of those shows, but it was okay. If you want like, something more along those lines and don't want to rewatch either of them, it might be yeah. a good filler. And the soundtrack is really good. It's uh, Yoko Kano coming mm, back of once course, again. yes. Ooh, yeah. Fantastic. Very slow, atmospheric kind of piano pieces and stuff. I absolutely love her work. Uh, so I watched a certain magical index, the movie. Okay. And that was okay. Not very good, really. Mm, just as I would like, expect from an anime movie, honestly. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, here's the new girl who's going to be the center of attention for the entire thing. Lovely. Yeah. And, like, 
a while ago I was talking about how the ending of Railgun Season 2 went completely insane mm-hmm. with, like, they were shooting themselves into space and, like, fighting giant robots and power of friendship and anime insert songs. Yeah. So as dumb as this movie got, it didn't get as dumb as that, even though they do go to space in this one, too. Hmm. Actually, there's one really just completely stupid scene where, like, the samurai girl, I think her name's Kanzaki. Hmm. She, like, climbs out on top of a rocket or, and slashes a bunch of missiles and then falls back down to Earth like nothing's wrong. She's a Contra. <laughs> it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that just sounds super Contra-y. <laughs> it, was, it was a dumb movie. There's one character who, like, hates music. And then, of course, the other character is a singer. Oh, and she, so the character who hates music is just screaming, like, shut up, shut up. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, and then... I looked at anime that aired in 2014. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot that I kind of feel I need to watch. Moe bullshit. It's just like, yep, harem, cross off. Bad G, go- cross off. Bad it's- ghost in the <laughs> shell return. Oh, not even, yeah. So it's like, oh, I've already kind of watched everything from 2014. <clears throat> what else is there? Oh, yeah, there's Psychopaths, the show oh. I can't seem to fucking finish for some reason. Oh, no. Probably because of all the violence against women. So, oh, where was I? (laughs) So I didn't watch that show since, like, December. Like, I got past the halfway point, which was really good. And then there was a terrible, terrible filler episode right after that, and I'm just like, you know, fuck this show. (laughs) Uh, So I start watching that again, and, like, a woman gets beat to death with a hammer. Of course. Like, right away. Why not? I'm like, this fucking show. And then I'm like... Next night, I'm watching another episode, and I bitch on Twitter about how violent this show is. And, like, two minutes later, like, they pour gasoline on a woman's set are on fire. I'm like, this fucking, fucking show! Shit. <laughs> Dude! Fuck! Oh how how did, did you... Oh, my... How do we not be aware of this? Jeez, oh. Rhett, I wonder why you can't bring yourself to finish this goddamn show! To be fair, it has gotten better since then there hasn't been any more like horrific well at least violence. nobody's setting women on fire and i'm just trying to figure out like why is this show so much more offensive to me than like fate zero was also extremely violent right but there's something about this show where it's like it's always civilians being injured that's they're totally innocent that just makes it extra icky yeah it feels it's just, like it's trying to be, like, to use that for some kind of weird edge and not really have a purpose, because yeah. you could make that same kind of statement, mm-hmm. but you don't have to keep making it. You've made the point of what this show is, and you've established that this world is real fucking shitty. Yeah. It's weird, because the whole... It's hard, because the rest of it is so good. <laughs> I feel really shitty saying that. So it's I have... easy to... Ugh. I finally started to get back into it last night. I've only got three episodes left now. So I've seen the truth of the civil system. And I feel like that show would have been better if it was shorter, though. Like, it kind of feels like it's dragging its feet again now. Like, okay, we caught the bad guy and we've revealed, like, the main twist. And there's six episodes left. Jeez. So it was like everything kind of hits a reset button. Just feels like it's going on too long really do you agree john yes he does <laughs> yeah basically oh, no. well i don't know i kind of 
I, I kind of dig, dug it all the way to the end, and the end stuff with Makashima is really, really cool. Mm. It's just, it's kind of an unusual length for an anime. It's 22 episodes. Mm. So it kind of feels like they were trying to trim it up as much as possible already. I wonder if it would have been better if they'd gone for like 13 or 14. Yeah, but maybe that would have been. length for most shows, 13 or yeah. 14. I, I do like shorter shows like that. I do too, but I just, I was just, aside from that dumb filler episode, I was pretty engaged all the way through. Mm-hmm. Especially with um, the way Akane's character just kind of changes throughout it. She oh, gets, yeah, that- she's really interesting. <laughs> Where I'm at right now, it feels like she has completely kind of fallen off the show. Where she was the main character at the start, and right now it feels like uh, Kogami is the main character now. That's the guy with black hair, I think. She gets she gets more important again, especially with all the stuff with the twist and um, uh, and just with the ending where she's kind of the voice of goodness. That's in good, a cool cause way. Because I, I like she, her. But the show the show sides with her ultimately, if that matters to you. Yeah. She is the good character. Yeah, that's good because Kogami is just so boring as a lead character. He's just dull and unfun to watch. Gotcha. Uh, so I'll probably finish that soon. I've only got three episodes left now. Like, I'm past the hurdle. I'm kind of amazed. We just sort of hurtled through the whole thing in a weekend because we thought it was flowing <laughs> so well. That's what I did with Fate Zero. Like, I don't know. That show worked for me. Where this? I mean, I did that really too. Is. I think I, that show just flows once it gets going. <laughs> You marathon stuff way easier than I do, though. I guess I do. He has somebody to watch with, too, and I think marathoning things is a Mm. lot easier when you've got somebody there to bounce off of. Yeah. Polly, let's watch Sinseki Yori. Okay. (laughs) You don't hate that. Hey, if you want to watch it, you set a time and we'll start watching it. If you want to do like an episode a night or something, we'll do it. Mm. Okay. Also, if it's somebody's like, hey, let's watch Sailor Moon. Then the other person is more likely be to go, more likely to go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so and things, then, so whoever wants to watch it, it starts getting watched. So you watch and, things faster. And then they tell you a hundred episodes later they'd rather be watching Pokemon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, I played some video games as well. Oh, did Brad. If we want to talk about those on this podcast. Why would we do that? It's not like we're a video game podcast or anything. That's ridiculous. No, just talk about but, anime uh, music. But, you know, I, I feel like we can make a special exception for you. Oh, that's I, cool. I, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> you know, you seem like you got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of spunk. <laughs> so I think we're going to go ahead and let you do it. You got, you give us some video games, Rhett. Uh, I played a little bit of Dead or Alive 5 last round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, because boy. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. It's free on yeah. systems. Is I that the newest play. one? The one yeah. that they've advertised so much? Mm-hmm. They put a free version up on, you know, modern consoles and the old ones, actually. But uh, only thing, I've never played a Dead or Alive game, but what was interesting to me with this one is just how much fucking DLC there is. Oh, my God. And it this, is completely this... insane. And then somebody kind of broke it down into, like, a reasonable way to explain it. But, like, the store doesn't do that itself. No, the store is a convoluted mess. So what it is is there's the free version of the game, and then there's a paid version of the game that comes with, like, all the characters and some costumes and stuff. And, and that's 40 bucks. And story mode and things like that. Oh, yeah, and story mode. So that's 40 bucks. Then there's a $95 pack that's all the old DLC. 
and then there's like dollars, and then there's like another ninety-five dollar season pass that's all future stuff. Jesus, Christ. past, right. past, and future, good but lord, combined. Yes, that's a good time way compression. Oh, but man. what's really fucking crazy is that they'll sell you every single item by itself. Yep. Like every costume can be bought individually for two bucks. Every oh, no, character it can't can be less. It can't cost less. Oh no, it costs way more. It's... Oh good. But the problem is that you end up with the store page having over three hundred items because there are so many costumes and shit. And it's just this incomprehensible mess when you first look at it. I thought the allure with the Dead or Alive series was its complex fighting mechanics. Oh, oh yeah, totally. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the Dead or Alive games. I think that they're a fun and easy 3D fighter to get into. And mm-hmm. it's not and not just from a button mashing standpoint, but like the systems are really easy to understand. And re- like pulling off reversals and stuff is just really easy to do. And it looks cool when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's I fun no to play. It's just that it's the, it is coming at the advertising and everything from just this weird angle. It's always had that reputation of being like, oh, jiggle boobs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's, like, it's got jello mm-hmm. boobs. Mm-hmm. This is the, the new advertisement was so egregious. Yeah. And just having it be a free-to-play game and then having 300 items in the store. Yeah, it's, it's like, like well over five or $600 worth of DLC. If you buy it individually. If you buy it individually. Weird. You would be stupid to buy anything for that game individually. I mean, if you just you'd be want pretty, to you'd be pretty dumb to buy the ninety-five dollar packs. Probably, but it's a hell of a better. You, I guess. Like, if you like what you're playing and you want yourself a more complete experience, I guess ninety-five dollars mm-hmm. might be worth that for you. That's true. It's just ridiculous that the store doesn't explain that at all. It's just like here's this pack. And it's ninety dollars, but it doesn't say why you would buy that over the individual stuff. Like, it's just a mess that stores right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like missed opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, I played a, more Binding of Isaac because that's, that's my, a podcast, good game. my <laughs> podcast game. Yeah. Uh, I beat all the challenges. Damn! <laughs> I haven't I, even pulled that off yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, sure. I've, I've still got like four left. One of, them, had, one of them is the Bean Challenge. That That's definitely the hardest one. Yeah. Fuck that one. Yeah. I don't... I actually didn't end up cheesing that one, but I got really lucky and got like a tarot card room or like mm-hmm. that. It's the machine with like the crystal ball on it that gives yeah, you yeah. really good stuff. It can give you one, accessories sometimes. Yeah. One of the items I got was two of clubs. Oh, damn. Good. So I had, I had like 15 bombs left, but I was right before mom. Damn. And so that thing bought, brought me up to like 30 bombs and I was able to just barely do it. Damn. And it was on a floor where I couldn't see my life. Oh, like, that's curse. even worse. So I'm just running around mom throwing bombs willy-nilly like, please die, please die, please die. <laughs> and I won. I'm like, oh, thank fucking God. That one only goes to mom's heart? No, it just goes to mom. Oh, really? Oh, it's so hard. It's still I've, like the hardest I know. I've, I was like, wait, I've been so goddamn close then. I thought it went to mom's heart. No, oh it's my just, god, now I feel worse. It's it's really hard though cuz like even on like the easy floors you'll you'll bleh, you'll use like 10 bombs. Yeah, yeah. And you've only got 99, so it's like you just have to start bombing through walls to avoid enemies like you can't waste even killing stuff at that point. Yeah. 
So it was so lucky that I got more bombs by the end. And I think I still ran out and had to just finish it by farting on her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's appropriate. Yeah, it that's a weird game. You're on. This just reminded me that I own Bi- Binding of Isaac Rebirth. You're on. Yeah, the, I'm going to tell you something. You're on the right podcast if you want to fart on mom. <laughs> uh, and then I did a hard mode run just for the hell of it. Uh, and yeah. and the first item I got was chocolate milk. Lovely. And the second item I got was Monsters Long. Well, well, <laughs> damn. Uh, so I have beaten Boss Rush and Blue Baby and Isaac on hard mode now. <laughs> I can see why. So That's those... a hell of a start. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, nothing's stopping me now. Nope. <laughs> so for those don't, that don't get it, Chocolate Milk is an item that gives you a charge shot, and Monstro's Long is an item that gives you like a spread shot. Mm-hmm. And like they synergize in such a way where once you have when you do Monstro's Long every shot that it fires is a fully charged shot and it's super strong <laughs> it's oh so it like, it's absurd <laughs> it like one hits the early bosses like two hits the later yeah. bosses <laughs> so that was fun it's always fun to have those overpower those stupidly overpowered runs in Isaac yeah yeah, I uh, had a run of Isaac not so long ago, like last weekend, where I had a rubber chocolate tears or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, so good. Oh, it, it was it was really overpowered, and I was I I I do believe yeah I did beat uh, Isaac on that run in the cathedral. So yeah, it was that it was pretty good. Yeah, it's super fun when you just break and walk all over the game. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's amazing how consistent that game is still is. Even though, like you know, when you've done pretty much everything, it's still possible, you know, to surprise yourself with that game all of these hours later. There are just so many combinations of stuff, so it's like no two runs ever feel the same. And and uh, you've got uh, Afterbirth coming out uh, sometime oh. later this year. I had is that really the name of the DLC? Yeah, it's Afterbirth. <laughs> oh my. Huh. That's a weird name. I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah, it's already been named, and apparently it's going to add at least 100 new items. Oh, jeez. I'm super stoked. This is, this is something. I remember seeing, I think it was on his Tumblr, like, they were fielding ideas for new items. Yeah, they took, they took them uh, from the Reddit community, I believe. Yeah. One of them was, like, bone tears. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Just we. I can't even remember just weird, crazy, like, we want to break the game. <laughs> yeah, stuff. it's just, and, and that game is perfect <laughs> for it. It's like, to me, like, beating Isaac isn't really, the, like, what I go into that game for. It's just, like, the weird ass synergies that you can get. Yeah. And, oh. uh, the chest level is fucking nuts on hard mode. Oh my god, yes, it is. So I didn't really get to experience it because I had such an overpowered build, but, like, goddamn, there's a lot of enemies down there. It's like, yo, here's. Five monstros, or you know, <laughs> here's five pins, or here's two conquests. <laughs> yeah, it's like here's five of one of the deadly sins. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's nuts. It is yeah. so nuts. That's like I didn't, I didn't think the enemy count went this high. <laughs> yeah, it's so good <laughs> though. It, it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I played about an hour of Lair. The hot PS3 exclusive, oh, hey. 2007. Damn. Oh, <laughs> so I was reading a the thread Lagoon on NeoGaf. PlayStation 3. Oh God. <laughs> are you? Are you really? Is, is that apt? 
It's probably oh. worse than that. <laughs> oh, no, Rhett. What have you done? I was, forget what thread it was, but I saw NeoGaf's thread of, like, people calling it, like, one of the worst games ever and stuff, and, like, how it put... Is it Factor 5, the yeah. developers? How, it, like, it put them out of business and stuff. And then I happened to be at a GameSpot, or GameStop? GameStop? <laughs> hate that fucking those names. I know. It's so stupid. GameStop, and I saw it for one dollar. God damn. In oh, box. No way. Wow. Wasn't wasn't even like the no no box, no manual, just a disc. It was in box, good condition, one buck. Shit. But how do you how do you not how do you not just take it out of curiosity? Uh, so I I took it out of curiosity. And uh I wanted to like that game. Oh, Oh, no. It, it broke my heart. Aww. So the thing that people really hated about this game when it came out is that you had to use motion controls. Oh, yeah. On the PS3. Mm-hmm. Which is not even as accurate as the Wiimote, which wasn't very accurate was. Anyways. Yeah. So they did patch the game, like, six months later to add analog controls. But the tutorials get kind of confused. Aww. <laughs> so it'll be like, use the left stick to move your dragon. Thrust the controller up to do this. Like, wait, what? <laughs> so, like, it gives you mixed signals. Like, it doesn't tell you that the the D pad can do some of the advanced techniques that you used to you need the controller to like throw it up in the air. Stupid shit. Oh lord. <laughs> so the problem with that game is that you're playing as a dragon and you're fighting other dragons most of the time, and they don't make very good silhouettes when you're looking at them from far away. Oh. So it's just kind of really pixelated aliased wings. Ew. And even worse, like, your teammates are also dragons, so you really just can't tell what you're shooting at. Lovely. So I don't think it matters if you hit your own teammates, but it's just like, in the Star Wars games that they did, like, you know those icons, like, what a TIE fighter looks like or what an X-Wing looks like. You can tell, okay, those are the bad guys over there. In this, it's kind of tinted red dragons versus tinted blue dragons, and you can't fucking tell what they are from far away. Yeah. And the other, so the other mode that they did was you can also land on the ground and fight foot soldiers, and it practically turns into Dynasty Warriors at that part. Yay! So you just like <laughs> press X, and he does a claw, and like fifty dudes go flying up in the air. That's always that's, fun. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> And, like, you see the potential in this game, but, like, there's too many systems where it's, like, if it was just shooting guys in the air or fighting enemies on the ground, it would work. But sometimes, like, if you go near an enemy dragon, like, you'll lock onto them and go into this weird side view, like, fighting game. Oh, no. (laughs) And all of a sudden it flashes up on the screen, like, press X to claw swipe, press circle to block, press this to... Flame breath, and it's just like, wait, what? And then I'm just mashing buttons, and like, okay, he died. And then like, sometimes you'll lock onto a dude, and wants you to like thrust the controller to ram them. What? So stuff like that just that makes sounds a it... little like Worm, actually. Oh jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> so then there's this one mission. There's like the third one, unfortunately, where towards the end it wanted me to like lock onto these things on the ground and pick them up and throw them off the bridge. Mm. And, like, I did it once or twice correctly, and then I locked onto their front, and it was a rhino, and it just kind of impaled me. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I had to do the whole mission over, and I failed it again at the end. And I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to play this anymore. Oh, Because I just had so much reason to hope. It's 
it is impressive just like kind of the scope they're going for in a 2007 game like these massive armies battling against each other and yeah. you're in the air flying around and you can see the whole battlefield and you see the shortcuts like the enemies on the ground are sprites until you get really close to them yeah and it's kind of funny to think that this was like a big hyped exclusive at the time yeah <laughs> when games these days are just like it's a third person cover based shooter Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a game of, of like, a dogfighting game, those kind of don't exist anymore. Yeah, they, like, Ace Combat games are pretty rare. That's, like, the only one, and that's yeah. kind of a B-tier Japanese thing. Yeah. So it's like, I want to like this game, there's nothing like it anymore, but this just isn't good. <laughs> so... I might give it another shot, but then I have to relearn the controls again. It's, it's just the controls being a mess really hurt it. Like, the motion idea was completely awful. Right, right. Bummer. Cause then, yeah, I remember having to control flow with it versus... And that's probably the only game where that could potentially work at all, and it was still a little trying. I yeah. worked, I liked it with Flower. Yeah, I bet Flower is good. Yeah, those make sense. This is an action game. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. And the worst part is that you can't Google, like, a list of the controls because you'll just get outdated information on, on yeah. the motion stuff. Because nobody, like, bothered to update it when they added in the proper control stuff. Because nobody actually owned the game anymore. Nobody gave a shit. It was sitting in all of the GameStops for a dollar. A couple That's months so after sad. <laughs> It's funny. When I got it, I peeled the stickers off. So it's like there's the $1 sticker, and then below that was a $2 sticker. <laughs> and below oh, that was a $4 sticker. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's like Poor some layer. tutorial on economics and supply and demand. <laughs> you have a teacher peel off the stickers in the class. <laughs> At some point, it was just worth it to have an extra case. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Just toss the disc. I wouldn't do that. Uh, So I mentioned this last week. I just started playing it. I finished Hardcore Uprising. Yes! How about that that final boss sequence, huh? I really like the final boss. The final boss is so good. Okay. The one thing I hate, though, the second form of the last boss, the one that, like, sticks the arm out and then does the fire thing, then shoots points of himself, that one sucks. It takes way too long for it to be vulnerable. It's so goddamn slow. And yeah, I, I don't. I like the 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 absurdity of that. I like fight. the. I just like the um, scale of it so much that I just don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not very vulnerable, and if you've got like a low tier weapon or no weapon at all, you're gonna be fighting that thing for quite a while. It takes so long, and it's yeah. weird because like its attacks are super slow and predictable. Yeah, it's hard to die there unless you're just not paying attention. Especially compared to like, there's that fight in stage seven against the the red robot thing. Yeah, which is insanely fast. Yeah, like for this to be the like the big reveal final boss, and it's just like this slow, predictable pattern. Like, oh, he's jumping in the air. I gotta jump before he lands because there's a shockwave. Yeah, and like none of his attacks are good at all. But but the one after that is incredibly awesome. (laughs) Oh my god, that game just goes balls to the wall and just never lets up. Yeah, I really like stage seven and eight. 
just as like set pieces of oh like, god the, just the action way, the way seven starts and transitions like into its various phases of the stage and then the final boss fight of that stage is just so brilliantly crafted i don't oh. like i haven't gotten very good at it but the final boss one there the alien thing yeah i kind of feel like really, i'm missing something what i learned um is i i, I find myself laying down for most of its attacks uh-huh. Uh, and, and especially if it tries to land on you, if you're laying down, it won't kill you. Huh. Like, I, just, I don't remember that boss fight in depth. I just remember that I did a lot of laying down uh, yeah. going prone in that fight, and it could not hit me with most of its attacks. Because when you're laying down, it, like, drops acid yeah. pools. Yeah. And if those hit you... Those will kill you. But if it, like, jumps and tries to land directly on you... If you're laying down, even though the model is clearly touching you, for some reason it doesn't kill you. That's cool. But yeah, the, besides- the stage five boss always trips me up, uh, especially when you get two different gun combinations that don't work. Which well one's together. the stage? Oh, stage five is the baby in the case, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that description of how we both go. Yeah, that's the one. The baby in the case. The yeah. baby in the case. <laughs> and it's like this g- giant mechanical flamethrowers flanking it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. The later stages I've only done on uh, rising mode, so I'm not very good at them yet. Yeah, they're they, like the end of that game gets really hard, and like I've said previously, and even in my review, they become a like having a second player is a real liability mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the game, which is because, really unfortunate. Yeah, it's, it's just for the way that they scrolling off the screen kills you. Yeah, and the way that so that whole much... thing functions is just kind of yeah. clunky. It's like stage three is also really bad uh, with two players because if even one yeah. player, if even one player is out of sync when you're running down and being chased by the boulders, you're both dead. It just oh, wasn't very well geez. balanced for that stuff. Yeah, you've got to be like you've both your sprites have to be on top of one another or you're not making it. That. <laughs> doesn't sound good at all no it's 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 really unfortunate that like and and like i wish that the camera zoomed out uh when players got farther away from each other because it would it would make it would make some things a little easier as well but it's just like i've i got into points while playing that game co-op with people where neither of our characters were on screen and we had no fucking idea where we were what that's crazy yeah there's a there's a a picture in my review of uh boner and myself we are completely off screen (laughs) i thought it would have been awesome if the camera locked to whoever was playing and then for like stuff like the stage two boss where you have a big area yeah it could like yeah you can't spread out for that one no You've, you're, you're you're really confined uh, to the camera that they've set, and it never zooms out or anything to work with two players in any way. Uh, it, it's yeah, just, it's, so un- it's very unfortunate. It's a game that definitely feels like it was designed completely top to bottom with one player, and then they mm-hmm. added the second player and maybe tweaked a few things here and there. <clears throat> but that's about it. That's too bad, because, yeah, like you said, Stage 7 as a progression where, like, you bust in through the lobby and then you go up the elevator and then you go out the window and climb on the outside of the building and then it sets on fire at the top. That's so good. Like the whole progression at that stage is amazing, but even then I'm like, oh, this ain't gonna work with two players. The yeah, fucking, it, it like just... you can screw yourself by just jumping and then the scroll screen scrolls at the top of your jump and if you want to land where you started, it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's not too bad because you can grab the walls in that game. Yeah. Like, but it definitely gives you flashbacks of the jungle in 
Contra one. Yeah, the, water, three. the waterfall. Water, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that game's good, but it does feel maybe a little too long for a single session. Yeah, I I I've, I sort of feel that way as well. I think that it, it I love the fact that there that game's got so much content, but at the same time, like taking it all at once, like maybe it could have worked better if a few of the stages were like branching paths, like Contra Hardcore, yeah. where it'd be like, well, I want to go here and pursue, you know, what's his yeah. name? I want to go pursue Leviathan or something. Yeah, that could have been like a really cool and interesting like. 40 minute game instead. Yeah, it could have been like, you know, like five or six stages any, uh, uh, on any route you choose. It's just, you know, you could split them up. Does arcade mode have any sort of resume if you want to come back later? No. That sucks. That's what's, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't, so after kind of finishing Rising and kind of being like, okay, I have a decent feel on this game, I tried arcade mode again and i got to stage four which i thought was pretty good and then you get hit and you lose your guns and you're done and yeah yeah the default is just so fucking terrible yeah i don't know why that that default gun is just so terrible it's so weak it has no fucking auto fire whatsoever it's just terrible i mean like operation c figured that out right yeah Mm. oh can you rapid tap to go faster yeah oh (laughs) But it's oh. but, but the thing is, it's like you've got to do other things as well. Like you're also yeah. focusing on dashing and and vaunting past enemies and shit. And it's hard, like it's really hard on the thumb to like keep doing all of that at once. Which is why I really don't like the fact that the game just didn't give you a, a, a decent auto uh, fire yeah. from the start. That changes a lot, though. Still, knowing I never thought to try pressing it more than faster oh wow because stuff like the stage three boss oh god is fucking miserable with the default and i'm just sitting there boop 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 boop. (laughs) and it's such a simple pattern you know what to do yeah and that stage three specifically like only leaves himself vulnerable at certain times so boop 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 And it just turns it into, like, a three-phase fight, and it's just kind of miserable. Yeah. Like, pacing doesn't work with that gun. I'd like to be better at arcade mode, but yeah. I'm, then, I'm perfectly yep. happy playing in rising mode, personally. Yeah. Because you can choose where you start. Uh, well, that and I can just have a good auto-fire rate. Yeah. It is cool that you can turn stuff off. Yeah, I, the I usually... It's like I usually play by just turning the life bars off completely. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, what's I pretty mean, hardcore? Exactly. <laughs> that, wasn't even, that wasn't on purpose. It's because the game's called hardcore, and it's a hardcore thing to do. Huh? Huh? You're good at jokes. See what he did? He's a he's comedy man. If he was a, oh, if, he was, if, he was a, if he was a Mega Man, that'd be his name. He'd be Comedy Man. <laughs> we are fucking stupid. Oh. So yeah, that's hardcore, I guess. <laughs> it's a cool game. It's yeah. a really cool. Game. I mean, even like like three or four years. Like, when did it come out? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, four year, four years after its release, I still think it's a solid ass game. Yeah, and me and Red are gonna try and co op it either this week or this coming weekend. Yeah, we have to try that at least. Yeah, once. yeah, yeah. Doing dash <laughs> as far as you can. Yeah, just all dash run go. <laughs> Good luck. The thing I think it, I think is weird about that game is like stages one and two. They start off with a very different feel than normal Contra does, mm-hmm. where you can dash and 
you see these systems that aren't normal Contra. And then Sage 3 is really wacky, like, unusual for the series as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. But then you hit Stage 4, and it's kind of like they regress back to the, like, kind of Contra 3 style of, like, okay, here's the jetpack stage, or the motorbike stage. Yeah, or the the vehicle of some sort. Yeah. Like, the auto-scroller stages kind of feel out of place to me in that. Yeah. Where stages 4 and 6, where... Like and then back to seven where you can go as fast as you want if you're dashing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I kinda wish they had gone for that feel more of like variable speed. Yeah. Because stage two is so crazy where if you you can go slow and like shoot everything, take out every plant, or you can just fucking dash and mash the action button and jump over all of it and it feels awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I just yeah. Just dashing through like the entire first half of that stage by just like jamming on the circle button. Yeah. This feels so good. So I'm not very good at it, but I try to do that on stage seven and it feels great when it works. Yeah, it's it's sometimes things like like they the cycles don't match up when you're yeah. trying to do it, and it's like you get hit by a stray bullet or you don't vaunt correctly. Yeah, and then there's that when it sets on fire at the end. Yeah, like you chase the guy. And you, first time I'm like, why is this hallway so long? I'm like, oh, I should be dashing through all these yeah. guys. And it's like, oh, that's so cool when it works though. Yeah. So I kind of would like to see that style kind of god i've seen people i've seen people like let's players and stuff play that game and like just never use the run button it's so it is the (laughs) slowest thing ever so sad it's like 12 minutes to beat stage one are you kidding me oh yeah my first stage one was like 16 minutes (laughs) oh my god but it's just like just this slow ass plotting along that you have when you're just normally running yeah, it's like old Contra. That's what's so it's, crazy about it. Is it is way slower than old Contra. Well, because old Contra levels were built for not dashing. That's a good point. <laughs> These levels yeah. are definitely built for just trying to get as much speed as you can. Yeah, there's a lot more starting and stopping when you're playing with two people, though. So I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, that's why the speedy stages are awesome, and then the auto scrollers really kind of feel out of place. And yeah. Stage five is also weird. I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do to like, avoid detection there. I've avoided. Uh, I've I've completely avoided detection only once. I, and then oh. you, there's you you get nothing for it. It's just oh hey you did a thing good job. But like I literally yeah. don't even know what you're supposed to do there. As soon as like, I, as soon as I enter that stage, I just fucking let it rip. It's like fuck it. I don't care. Sound the alarm. Let's go. But what are you supposed to do? I'm you're honest. Su- you're supposed to use the boxes, and then you're supposed to duck when you're <sighs> in the boxes. Oh, God. <laughs> I swear, the second time I was through there, I'm like, the box wouldn't activate for some reason. I couldn't even get in. Yeah, they're a little wonky. Um, but, yeah, you can get through that area undetected. It's easy. To, it's not easy to do. There are a few really big trouble spots in trying to make it work, but uh, it's yeah. doable. Doesn't seem... You said it's not worth it, though. It's not. It's way more fun to just go in guns blazing anyway. Because then I was like, okay, do you shoot the guard? Okay, no, you don't shoot the guard. Do I shoot the alarm without the guard seeing? Nope. And so it's like, okay, you know what, screw this. <laughs> yeah, it's just way more fun to shoot your way through. That too. W- way harder probably, though. Mm-hmm. So that's Hardcore Uprising. We gotta play online sometime. Yes, we do. It's a cool game. It's yes, it is. Good. It's a cool game. If you like Mega Man X, <laughs> if you like Mega Man X and you like Contra... There's no reason you shouldn't be playing this game. 
I'm on board. Good. That's a pretty good comparison. It feels like it's almost there to being like the Mega Man X of Contra. Yeah. But because some of the things feel like throwbacks, like it's not 100% there. It's not fully committed to being its own thing. Yeah. I get that. But man, mm-hmm. st- Stage 7 and 8 are, are pretty damn oh, cool. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the main thing I played this week was Yakuza 4. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that, I was kind of on the fence on this game last we spoke, as mm-hmm. I recall. Uh, and I got it into my head where I was like, okay, there's four chapters in this game with four playable characters. I'll just stop once I finish the first one. Mm-hmm. And I also decided to be kind of... Uh, thorough and check out some of the mini games that I stumbled upon on my way and I stumbled into like the worst pair possible <laughs> one of them was the hot springs and I go okay I'll have my character go into the hot springs oh boy and then so that goes without incident and then they're like oh you can play ping pong after bathing in the hot spring I'm like okay I'll play ping pong and the controls pop up and it's just like Tilt the left stick to aim your shot. Press or hold X to like charge and then release your shot. And then there's this one thing. It says like press left trigger to slow time and zoom in. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, so you, you don't know where I'm going with this, do you? I'm starting to get an idea. So I'm just like, I don't know why. Okay, so I'm playing ping pong and you're playing against this girl and she's like in a kimono also from the hot springs and whatever. So, when you press left trigger... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what's happening. I didn't see this coming, though. When you press left trigger, it slows time and zooms in on her breasts. Yep. And she, oh. since she's playing ping pong... Of her, course. Her breasts are kind of swaying about as she hits the shots back at you. <laughs> and it's just completely weird yeah it's 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 like why why you classy you weird fucking classy little game and so i'm thoroughly weirded out by that so i go to the next thing kind of that i find in town and it's a massage parlor oh (laughs) no so it's like do you want to get a massage and i click yes (laughs) and then there's this weird, like, fever dream minigame where instead of your character just laying there and getting massaged, there's, like, an animated, like, video of the massage girl, like, dancing and teasing for the camera. What? <laughs> and you've got to, like, there's this meter on the right side and you have to, like, rhythmically press the square button. Oh, no. To keep it from either going too high or too low. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so after a couple minutes, I, like, the meter goes too high. Uh-oh. And there's a sound of a baby crying. <laughs> <laughs> so so all I can assume is that the metaphor there is that my character got a happy ending or something. Or, or an <laughs> unintentional ejaculation. Or an unintended one, yes. Signa- <laughs> signified by a crying I, baby. Yeah. Why not? What the fuck? <laughs> So, so far, I've played much more of this game. Those are the two weirdest minigames, and I happen to stumble on them back-to-back. That's lovely. But then, there's also this thing with the first character only, 
where he's the manager of a hostess bar. Yeah. And there's this whole creepy mini game where you can dress up your girls. Yep, I, I've and, seen this. And it's required as part of the story, and it makes you do it like three times. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is fucking miserable. And it's like, walk out onto the floor and see what the guys there want. And they're like, I want a conservative girl. And you're supposed to like go and dress her up in conservative clothes or whatever. It's like, oh, this is this is fucking awful. <laughs> So, I thought the first character's arc was going to end, like, an hour earlier than it actually did. Mm -hmm. And then I got stuck with, like, doing these, the creepy hostess bar thing, like, twice. And I'm just like, fucking end, fucking end. (laughs) So I finished the first character. And part of me knew I wasn't actually going to stop playing the game there, because I just wanted to see what the second character was. Yeah. And his story is way more interesting. Oh, boy. So his starts off with a flashback to 1985, and he murders 18 people. <laughs> well, go- there you go. That's a good start. <laughs> and goes to prison for 25 years. So 18 people is only worth 25 years in prison? Well, he got the death penalty, but they still haven't executed him yet. So the first act is him is breaking out of prison, which is way more interesting than fucking managing hostess bars. Right. So I won't go through the whole story, but the game really picks up once you get to the second character. And just the first character is basically a prologue for everything that kind of happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I just have really gotten into the game somehow since then. Like the second character was awesome. And then the third character also ties into the story and you're kind of revealing the truth of what's going on. Like this big conspiracy and it's I, I really like it and am enjoying the story now. Wow. And it's kind of like there are two types of open world games where one of them is kind of like, here's a playground and here's the checklist of things you can do, like the Ubisoft style. Mm-hmm. And then there's open world games that actually feel like worlds that you are a, a part of. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely the latter. Yeah. Where it just kind of really feels nice. like this actual lived in city <laughs> and stuff happens without you being there and, I noticed that the third character, like, when you're doing his mini... Not mini games, but, like, his sides quests, Mm -hmm. it'll just tell you, go to this street. Like, it doesn't give you a marker. It doesn't, like, point you in the direction. It's just like, oh, go down to Kimichi Street or whatever, or Pink Street Alley. So it's like... And I'm also at the point where I've been running around this town long enough to where I can actually have a generally good idea of where to go anyways. Because just I feel like... This is a town that I know now. Yeah, you've naturally lived in it. You, you sort of get the same uh, when I played uh, Deadly Premonition, is that like the map in that game is effing terrible. So I ended <laughs> up basically, you know, just because, you know, you're in it a lot, you start learning the town. And like, and I find that most open world games, I would rather just follow the markers or whatever, because, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, but Deadly Premonition, you know, has no such thing. So you oh, just sort of, <laughs> sort of got to find your way and, you know, you eventually just learn the city by virtue of being in it. And this sounds sort of like the same thing. Yeah. So I'm at the start of the fourth character scenario. So I'm pretty close to the end now. As far as I know, there's either four or five chapters. Nice. So I'll probably have a little more to say about that next time. Cool. Cool. And... None of the other mini games that I've encountered are nearly as or creepy whatsoever. Well, it's that's just, that's a that's a good thing. Like 
it's so weird though when it's just like, oh, here's a pool game that's actually like pretty fun, and here's a golf game, and casino stuff like you can play cards. And it's just so weird to see that stuff in a game and like not be completely half baked either. Yeah, they really go all out on those things. Uh, I mean, that's a series that's known pretty well for not only you know its 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 story. Uh, and it's fighting engine and all of that stuff, but there's a lot of effort that goes into those mini games and the, the various other bips and bops that they throw yeah. in there. And it is cool to kind of flesh out the world, just make it feel like more of a place. Like the pachinko game, I don't really understand how that shit works at all, but it seems pretty complicated. And it's cool that it's there because that's a Japanese thing. Yeah. But the hostess dress-up thing, maybe not as cool. (laughs) That's so gross. That one I'm avoiding. Uh, So that's what I've been playing. That's what you've been doing? Just that. Just that. Well, I'm (laughs) That's cool stuff. I'm going to keep you on the line. I'm going to make you talk a bit more because, I mean, there is something we have to ask you, and it's a very important question, and I'm hoping that you can give us an honest-to-God straight answer. Are you ready? Sure. How's the old early access doing? It sucks. All right. Got any news for us? Uh, the Japanese JRPG developer Triace has been purchased by a mobile company. I heard about this, and I really wasn't aware that Triace was such a player anymore. That I don't think uh, they really were. Yeah, I mean, but... like the only thing I can really remember from them uh, is the Star Ocean games. And people love all of those, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I asked on Twitter because I'd, I'd actually never heard of anyone enjoying a Star Ocean video game before. And I got one person <laughs> coming back saying, I like the first one. <laughs> all I, the rest I, are garbage. I played the first one briefly. when It, it was kind of interesting because it like set up this whole thing about spaceships and like time travel and whatnot. But then it just became like just another generic sort of Tales-esque RPG, yeah. and I lost mm-hmm. interest in it. I was like, okay, so you had this cool setting, and now you're just jumping back to the same mm-hmm. old, same old. And yeah. Austin Austin told me the first Star Ocean starts with like two hours or something of cutscenes before you actually play, <laughs> and that's not like a Super Nintendo game, right? Yeah. Oh, well, that seems well, really have, weird. Well, I have the PSP version, and I don't think it's okay. that major. Egregious. Took a Star Ocean till the end of time. Uh, it has a lot of the same feel. Like I came to that game because uh, I thought that the combat was really engaging and it's it, it, it's you know challenging in a lot of the right ways. Um, and I really liked the space setting. Uh, it was set up a lot. It reminded me, you know, it tickled the urge that I have. You know, when I play games like Xeno Sagas, I really like these really well realized futuristic places you know it throws me back into the fantasy star realm you know um and it's like like until the end of time basically follow that same well great this is just kind of a boring tales game i'll look anime junk whoop de doo are the tales games any worth really what i haven't played any of them really oh, so i love Symphon- i like tales a lot i like uh tales of symphonia i think it's really good uh tales mm-hmm. of eternia which is tales of destiny 2 um okay so there's there's a lot yeah, of there's some stuff, stuff in there worth checking like i've i've got a copy of tales of the abyss that i've had since i it, actually have that game too <laughs> i've had that since it came out i've had that since it came out and i haven't played it 
So, so it's like a couple my... summers ago, me and my friends, we went through the entirety of Tales of Graces F, and that was really fun. I've heard that game's really good. I owned it. I liked it. I owned that game for about 45 minutes before I shipped it back to Amazon. Oh. <laughs> it just got, yeah. it was, it, I was at a point to where it was like, oh god, this is so anime, get it out of my face. I guess it's it's more fun to play those games with friends, I guess, just on the couch. Having them just go through the autopilot of the plot and whatnot, and you only participating in the battles. I guess that's my experience with I Tales. Think, I think a problem that I have with a lot of the Tales games is that the, the stories and characters are just so goddamn cliche, because the game is really made to appeal to a very broad audience, and they just tack on every single freaking... Cliche, like I can't count the number of amnesiac protagonists that series has. Yeah, that's uh, that. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's kind of cliche. That said, uh, mm-hmm. Tales of Symphonia is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Alright, cool. Tales uh, like uh, uh, Star Tales Ocean, just like Walmart brand tales. Tales of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's about the. Alright, well. Yeah. One other thing, Trius also did um, Valkyrie Profile. Which, I haven't played yeah, that. I, I like both of those games. Cool. And they did Resonance of Fate. Which I've Fates. heard a lot about. I've heard Which that looks that game cool. Is, I've heard that game is really good. I want to play it, looks, it now. It, it looks Dragon Quartery, honestly. Oh, the way geez. the combat's progressed. That's how really? Austin uh, described it to me. Just the tactics and mm-hmm. the way it all progresses. It looks really fucking cool. Yeah, I, I, like, I remember... Like, I don't know why I didn't, but I remember a lot of the pre-hype of that game coming out, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get that, and then I just I just never did. Well, Triace also developed Fantasy Star Nova. Wow. That was the PSO2 spinoff. Yeah. For Vita. Yeah. It's now definitely never fucking coming it's out here. It's definitely never coming out here. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ashley says that game is really good, though. Yeah, people Shit. seem to like Ooh. it. Yeah, I and, think Triace but, worked on a lot of different things. Um... It seems like their premiere thing was Star Ocean, which is yeah. just kind of bleh. Um, but they have some stuff on the side that's worthwhile, and it's probably worth a little bit of mourning, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's Resonance more of, a of morning, Fate sounds cool. It's more mourning, like the overall JRPG scene right now, where what's left? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Neptunia, <laughs> <laughs> Neptunia Tales in Square. Yeah, Squeenix. Like they—they they are really getting behind Final Fantasy fifteen. Woof! It's just like every well, they've week. got twenty years of development. Yeah, it's just, it's just like Jesus Christ! It's just like mm. every day I see something like, oh, here's a new trailer and a new trailer and a mm. new trailer. It's like Jesus Christ! You're bio—you're fucking Bioshock infiniting this shit. Aren't you like? Aren't you like a boy band going camping basically, across the country? Basically, yeah, that's what it looks like. Because that sounds amazing. But it's PS4 exclusive, right? Uh, I don't. I can't. I, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. Okay, now. if it gets a PC release or a PS3 release, then cool. But they do yeah. seem to be Square heading towards PC. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um, and speaking of JRPG, um, what does all the stuff with Sega mean for Atlas? That just hit yeah, me. that's a really interesting. Rock Grumbler brought that up on Twitter. Oh no! Yeah, uh, and I was just like, well, yeah, if they're not, you know. If they're not focusing on uh, console development anymore, supposedly, and they own Atlas, like, what, you know, yeah, I'm really curious. Does that include Atlas? Yeah. We don't know the nature of that relationship, I guess. Yeah. 
I'm we pretty sure how, how it affects I'm, Atlas. I'm pretty sure they own Out- Atlas outright, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure they're going to mess with what's working there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I would not rock the Persona boat, I guess. One would hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Persona 5 is going to be huge. Yeah. Ooh. So but it's mad. like, even if they're so like, mad. oh, we're not doing console games, like, they're not going to mess with Persona 5, at no. least. They, they, mm-hmm. If they are smart, they will not fuck with that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it is late. It is Zero's era um, Sega. Yeah, it's Latter Day <laughs> so, Sega. So. Latter Day Sega, so. Eh. Who knows? Sega was really cool last gen, though. They made a bunch of good one off games that all bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Resi- like Residents of Fate. Yeah. <clears throat> and Binary mm. Domain. Yeah, Binary, Binary Domain was alright. And I, Vanquish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Valkyria Chronicles. And Bayonetta. Okay, how many of these did they actually make? I'm confused. Okay, they Sega funded. They a bunch funded of stuff. a lot of really okay. good games. Okay, yeah, that that those are a bunch of cool things. Yeah, Sega obviously represents a huge, awesome institution, especially um, going back to the Dreamcast era and before, where they really were just kind of this cool alternative thing to um, a lot of the other games coming out. And it looks like they, in part, continued that for a good while Key, into right? their latter day eras. <clears throat> yeah, it was those, like right- those, those PS2 Shinobi games were really good. I own the first one. I haven't oh, played it yet. You need to play that. It is so good. Mm-hmm. I, I've played some of it. It's a. Uh, it's pretty good. I got to a level where you got to like sequentially wall run oh, over yeah. instant death water and I was like wow this is yeah uh, this is oh nightshade nightshade uh, which is the sequel is a little better about stuff like that um like it's got a little bit tighter control as it as it uh, relates to platforming but yeah there are a few instances in that first game that are just maddening with how ridiculously difficult 15 minute are. levels with no continue points yeah no. yep 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 well here's the thing with shinobi in shinobi you have a sword that craves souls. Yeah. So you have to be continuously murdering people or else it will start draining away your soul and eventually kill you. Yeah. It's really fun. And it's how cool is that? It's really cool. I love those games. I love those games. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to definitely play those. They're my prized possessions. Not really. Mm -hmm. They're, they're among like the, you know, like of all the PS2 games I own, it's like, yeah, I'm really happy that I jumped on board those games. I got it on the cheap too, so that's pretty good. Awesome. Any other news? Nope. All um, right. How, how do you do it? Got on Steam, which is oh, this geez. super. Yeah, that's, what? that's really crazy. I love it's it. It's the most ridiculously cute little um, two-minute flash game. Yeah, it's on Steam, and it makes me really happy. I'm glad it's on there. Yep, me too. Just go I, play it. It's free to play. Go play it. Uh huh. It's amazing. I look at all those things and everyone's talking about how like weird and perverted it is and like it's it's so bizarre to me that 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 was just like never even um factored into my experience of it. I just instantly went into, "Oh my god, this is so sweet and yeah, cute." Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's it is precious, I guess, is a word. I'll have to use. check this out. Yeah, yeah, it's just super adorable. Okay. Just you can just Google. It's by Nina Freeman. She's done a lot of cool stuff, mm-hmm. and is doing a lot of cool stuff. I follow her on Twitter. Cool. Nice. So, do we have any emails? We do. What do we got? Uh, this one comes in from Boner. Okay. 
since Polly and John can't seem to agree on the pronunciation of Utena, why, do, why doesn't the Sox cast just adopt Oots as the nickname for the show and character? It also makes for a sick bass line if said repeatedly. Damn it, John. For the revolution of the world. Oh, my God. For the revolution of the world. We're awesome. We're awesome. We'll call it the Oots. How about, yeah, it's just like, you know what? I'm going to go watch some Oots. Okay, I can't, I can't wait to watch some Revolving Door Oots. Yes! Revolving Door Oots. I like it. All right, that's that. all right. I think Boner just Boner solved has it. solved our problem. John, okay. I, John, I have no more quarrel with you. Okay, y'all Ooh, should Tana. watch. <laughs> <laughs> Any other emails? Uh, this is actually the second part of Boner's. Okay, what is a piece of Western media that you feel has done a parody of anime or Japanese culture well, or do you think it's a bunch of haha? They spent three hours powering up and none of their lip movements match. Uh, I think. I think South Park has done a good job. Oh yeah, definitely parodying anime because, like, they watch that shit. Like, they yeah. get it. Like, they get it's it. It's not just some outsider. Like, oh, haha! They spend three hours powering they, up. Like, they have they have big eyes and there's lots of color. No, like South Park totally freaking nailed it. Yeah, in that one episode with um, where they all got Ninjas. their weapons. Mm-hmm. That was um, yeah. I thought that was a standout one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, they, another- they, they revisit their anime roots a bit in the Stick of Truth as well, and it's so amazing. It, cool. it, it's not it's not just a replay of that. They do it in a completely different way near the end of the game that's just like, oh my god, you're shitting me. Is it Princess Kenny? Yes. Okay, yeah. You've seen that? I haven't seen it, but when I looked up like Anime South Park, people were talking about that. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Other than that, I really can't think of any good parodies of anime. Yeah, most of um, it just most of it just comes off as trying like like stuff like Teen Titans, which I, I liked Teen Titans, don't get me wrong. I thought that oh show boy. was I thought that show was pretty good. But ultimately it's trying way too hard to be Western mm-hmm. anime. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that all of its attempts at trying to do anime stuff, like, they're doing, like, really shitty anime pratfalls from the 90s, but the show was made, like, in the 2000s, and it looks so dumb and terrible. It's pretty garish, yeah. Um, Steven Universe had a couple outright parody moments, but then most of it is, like, subtle references that fit into the show thematically. Yeah, that's tasteful, and that's really cool. So, like, the end of one episode where Steven finds out that his uh, basically adoptive parents have put on a fake test for him that's rigged in his favor in order <laughs> yeah, to yeah. help his self-esteem. He figures that out, and then but decides to pretend to have not uncovered it so that they feel better. And then he comes out at the end, and they're all doing the Evangelion. The Evangelion. Congratulations! Congratulations! The Omadetto moment. Yep, and he's just like, thanks, y'all. Yeah, that's really <laughs> that was cool. So cool. I like that. Uh, I was going to say Steven Universe, too. So, I'm with you there, John. And a, and a straight-up reference. Oots reference. Oots! <laughs> straight-up Oots reference. Do I have to, like, bleep it anytime we say the other name now? <laughs> yes. Okay, we're going to bleep... And that, and, 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 and We're going to bleep both of those. And okay. we're also going to bleep...
Yes. <laughs> That's like a lot of bleeps this episode. Great. You got cool. some work to do. I got some work to do. All right. Uh, we got more emails. We got more emails? Fantastic. Gonna get right to the point on this one. Polly, if there was a button you could press that would for once and for all eliminate sexism, racism, homophobia, transphobia, harassment, etc. from gaming and the culture thereof forever, but it would come with the high cost of losing your ability to fart forever, <gasps> would you do it? Well, um, for one, ladies don't fart, so I'm pressing the fucking button. Oh, oh. Boom. We got that fucking loophole. Boom. I fucking win. Boom. Hooray for me. Enjoy other people's farts. Exactly. P- other people's farts will still be there to amuse me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was literally oh. thinking about, like, there's that Tumblr image circulating that was like, you get your favorite game. Um, game has a sequel made by the original team, but feminists take over the game industry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, and I was really? like, press the button. Press the fucking button. <laughs> yeah, Let's go. I was like thinking of. What would I have to? What would it have to be for me to not want to press the button that makes me want feminists to take over the game industry? I know, I right? Shock Infinite Two. <laughs> no, no, feminists can take over the game industry for that. I, 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 I think I know what, what, what would have to happen for John not to press the button. What's that? What? Gone Girl Two. <laughs> I've actually girl. kind of softened on that one a lot since I realized, like, a lot of. Like women were really connecting with that story, and it was also like there's a lot of cool stuff that they were getting that people are getting out of it that oh. I was I wasn't re- I was kind of ignoring. Um, More likely so, because it didn't apply to you, and you weren't really seeing that side of the argument. Yes, exactly. Cool. That's, cool. That's, that's fun. So it's my, always fun when we can see. Have- that's the thing. I like it when people can just fucking evolve their thinking like that. Like mm-hmm. it's you know people can change and opinions are dynamic and you can look at things and see what other people get out of it. And it's like you can come to a whole new realization that yeah you know this might be a thing that I missed entirely because it's not a point of view that I can necessarily look at this piece of media. Uh, with and when you have that, it gives you a whole new you know, appreciation. It still might not be a thing that you want to go see or interact with or whatever, but it's really cool to have those moments where you can appreciate something that other people like and understand what they get out of it because it doesn't match your own point of view. And we become more connected as people when we can uh, see things like that. That's I'm an, pretty rad. I'm well artsy said. fartsy. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. More email. Right, rock on. Damn, we're just rolling in them this time, huh? If you guys were ice cream flavors, what ones would you be? Chocolate. I love Vanilla. chocolate. I would, nev- I would never stop eating myself, but I would be chocolate. <laughs> Orange cream. Ooh, I like your style. Chocolate chip cookie dough because I'm a paradox. <laughs> oh. Other people could eat you, but you could never eat you because you would get butt problems. Exactly. That's why I'm a paradox. Oh. I'm complex. Oh my god. <laughs> my inner turmoil runs deep. I really want ice cream right now. God damn it. We I have eat. some ice cream. I, I don't have any in it. the fridge right now. I have um what's the thing that's better than ice cream? Gelato. Oh. I have gelato oh. in the refrigerator. Isn't that in that Nirvana song? A gelato and albano. <laughs> 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 Don't ask me why I made that joke. That was really stupid. All right, all right. Quick story. Ann and I were listening to um, the first Nirvana album um, on a trip 
Bleacher, never and, mind. And so I listened through that all the way through a couple times, and then she paused it on one song, rewound it, played it, rewound it, played it, and said to me, John, I think he just said, it's okay to eat fish because they don't have feelings. Yeah, something in the way. That's, that, then we, that's exactly then, the lyric. And then she took out the CD and we didn't listen to it for the rest of the trip and I don't think we've listened to it since. Uh, bleach, and, <laughs> uh, bleach and In Utero are far better than Nevermind. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that was really funny. Cool. <laughs> it was like, yeah. she was just like, what? What does, what does he... What does that add to the song? <laughs> I, like, I think it's more. I, I, think I don't it's, know. I think it's more along with the 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 image that song is presenting of uh, living under a bridge. Uh huh. Um, I think that it's just like and like how that might break a person down mentally. You know, uh-huh. it's just like it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. It's like it's just sort of painting the picture of atmosphere and not necessarily trying to like the literal meaning of that. You know, okay. I don't. I don't think that is necessarily what he was going for with that lyric. Oh yeah, yeah. that was just really funny. It is a funny <laughs> lyric though. She's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh. Cool. Any more emails? <gasps> there actually was one more. Oh my yes! god! Yes. Here we go. It's not much. It's not a question, though. It's just a one-line statement. Oh, right. Let's hear it. Believe in the law of Sayara. I fully, completely, and unapologetically believe in the law of Sayara. Sayara is absolutely fucking awesome. He has done some amazing artwork, which I really need to start getting on the site. Uh, uh, he's done a lot of um, singular. Um, uh, album arts for each episode that we've done, and uh, he is uh, currently behind our uh, entire podcast album oh, art. Oh, Tien, Tien Kulu. Yeah, Tien yeah. Kulu. Yes. I, was for a second. I thought we were talking about a Toho. No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be happy to hear that, I'm sure. Oh um, is that, but is yeah. That the one who stops time and has a maid? <laughs> no. Because I like her. Sayar uh, no, is awesome. Uh, he's got, he has some amazing artwork. Uh, not only the stuff that he's done for us, but you know, just like I find a lot of his pieces are just truly expressive, and that's something that really drew me to his art in the first place was just how expressive it is. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, it really says cool a lot. It says a lot. A bunch on Twitter. Oh yeah, it's so good. Um, if I had his Tumblr on hand, I would read out the link, but I do. Uh, I think it's Sayara as well. Oh well, it might be Sayara.tumblr.com. Um, I'll try mm. and find a way to work that into uh, the show notes because I'm actually, you know, writing show notes now. So um, that's HTTP colon forward slash forward slash um, t- Sayara.tumblr.com, or is there, it backslash? There you go. It's forward slash. Mm-hmm. I just checked. And also, yeah. and also, twitch.tv slash Eric's joystick. <laughs> there I go. wanted to make that joke, but I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, Sayara, thank you very much for our current album art. It is really awesome. We all love it. Um, and everybody You're else, bad. And everybody else loves it, too. And if they don't, I will shoot them. How's that for violence, huh? That's, yeah. That's, that's something. All right. Radical. So, is that all the email we have? That is all the email. Well, friends, I do believe that is a podcast. If you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to interact with us here, and you want us to read your dumb words, and you want to hear your dumb words come out of our dumb mouths, shoot off an email to podcast socksmakepeoplesexy.net. John Thayer, where can we find you? You can find me at farawaytimes.com. 
and oh. you have my Twitter right there. There, and remember, check out the Soxcast in two weeks for the next biweekly saga update. <laughs> <laughs> we will hopefully also have a really super special guest um, on the next episode. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that you know he's able to almost make it. as special as talking about saga. Exactly, almost. <laughs> I don't think he's quite on the level of Saga, but I think people are really going to dig it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it'll be a two-parter, um, with, you know, us doing our normal shtick, and then uh, the week later, uh, sort of an interview slash picking his brain about his professions. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> Rhett, where are we finding you? Uh, you can find me on the Sliders and Socks Forum. That's SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash Socks Forum. Go submit your Gen 5 list. I want to actually finish this thing finally. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering about that. I, 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 guess, I, I guess I could just keep putting this off forever. Yay! I okay. did mine when I thought we had the old deadline. But there's a new deadline. I'm actually going to stick to it this yeah, time. Yeah, cool. I, I will have it finished by then. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have else? a list done. I just need to write up little meaningful accompaniments to it. Also, inconsequentialexistence.com. Sure. Yeah, it's sure. True. Freezing Inferno! Where can we find you? You can find me. God help you if you ever want to hear me tweet about stuff on Twitter at, at Freezing Inferno. You can watch my silly YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Freezing Infernos with an S because someone already took the original one when I made the account. Bastard! And I'm on Tumblr reblogging pictures of corgis and other weird shit at Fresno's Raving Rants. Awesome, awesome. And with that I think we're going to get ourselves the hell out of here, get some rest, and we will catch you all in a couple of weeks. And remember, we're the Peter Molyneux that loves you. We're the only Peter Molyneux that loves you.